welcome everybody to Talk That Talk. Where we have the unfiltered. You did not come to college to be to do marching band. Marching band may be helping pay for you to go to school, but then at the end of the day, you're there to study music education. Unscripted. Priorities are wrong from the elementary perspective because we're not introducing uh, students to music in an adequate program early enough. Uncomfortable. We black. The black. We. Yes, you're gonna be overlooked if you're not producing, if you're not hanging with the cane, if you're not uh, pumping, if you're not blowing, if you're not busting, if you're not entertaining, if you're not on that top level, if you're not in the high stats of visibility, yes, you're going to be overlooked because at the end of the day, we, the blacks, don't care. Conversation. We are back for another week. Welcome, everybody, to Talk That Talk. Let me go ahead and introduce the panel. Well, everybody's rocking and playing instruments and doing everything else. <laughs> to my right, we got Maya. We got Quan. And we got Rick. Throwing that mess up. Oh, gosh. Dog, complain about us throwing up Alpha. Could you throw up the... Uh the music organizations at least once he never does but then he, he yeah phony absolutely phony sin phony <laughs> all right man it's been a while man let's go ahead and get this thing popping off man i can tell you uh i have truly truly missed you guys i feel like it's been a long time man oh man it's great to be back um I will say that last week we had one heck of a show. Um, it, it, it probably probably top ten, top ten. And Rick wasn't even well. Well, Rick came in at the last minute. He came in the last minute. Right, right, my. You better put some respect on this show. All right, but no, we had a we had a great time last week, man. And, and so it's great to have the crew back. Um, so let's go ahead and do it the right way as we, as we always do it. Uh, anything happened to you guys this past week anything that you've seen anything you all have been a part of um that you feel free to talk about let's get it uh i'm gonna go kwan first because i'm i'm scared about what rick gonna say go ahead kwan i went to go uh i went to during the spring break i look at the i think it was like the hbcu culture like battle that they had um that was in like in the gym in atlanta man i i love alabama state like Damn, I love Alabama State. Like for real. Like, being honest, she they like my top one, two band now. Like, if they continue that and and AM, like real talk. I mean, I think they have a distinct sound. I think if they continue uh building on what they have for next year, bro, like they're gonna be a band to be reckoned with. And honestly, we have to get out that uh that aspect of uh, you know, the normal top five that we normally place um also like i say i always look out for the 
for the bands that people don't speak about. Benedict College ain't no ain't no band to be playing with either. Uh, I really like what they're doing over there as well. Tell you. I'll be honest with you. I'm completely unaware of whatever you're talking about. I didn't even know there was a battle that went down. I I missed all of that. I don't know. Yeah, I'll send it to you. But like, of course, you know, during spring break, man, I, I sat down on low key binge watched some of the videos. Man, it was it was some good stuff. Like it was some good stuff. Like I said, Alabama State, Alabama A and M, uh, Benedict College. I mean, <laughs> it was some great songs, man. I gotta go back and check it out. I, you said you sent it to me. I'm gonna have to go look and, and uh, see what you're talking about because I'm I must have missed it. So no, no, I'll I'll send it to you. I'm saying. Oh, I thought you said you sent it to me. Okay, you will send it to me. Yeah, okay, I'll check it out. I'll check it out. All right, uh, I'm afraid of this one, Rick. What you got, bro? Well, hello everyone. How are you? Hi, Boo Boo Kitty. Fragrance of the evening, Ola Rose by Francis Kirk John. But anyway. No. Y'all, why do I have to answer this mess? I saw these. I I saw a continuation of parade season. Uh, It was what it was. Um, I saw uh, UAPB's win ensemble. They posted a video of their win ensemble. Not bad. Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, one thing, I, you know, we, maybe it's a discussion we can have on the show, but as HBCUs, we got to start playing music that's on level. Like, you know, it's college. You know, you should be playing grade six and some you should aspire to. And it's some creativity that can happen there to make that happen. It's a lot of literature that's written, you know, to really take advantage of what we have. Most of our HBCUs have strong euphonium sections. Get on that first week. I'm sure you got a euphonium player that can play that euphonium solo. Or is that second? I can't remember. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I saw some win ensemble stuff. I saw some uh, that. Uh, shout out to all the bands that are participating in the uh, HBCU Band Consortium this weekend. Um, hopefully we get the, some videos of those ensembles playing just as much uh, energy in those videos as we get with these parade season videos, most of which don't sound good. Um, oh, y'all thought I was just going to gas? No. Y'all know that mess don't sound good, but we can't be honest with each other, so whatever. Um, but most of it most of it doesn't sound good. Um, but I guess it's for the culture, right? It ain't meant to sound good. I think somebody said it one time, so whatever. Um what else did I see from the HBCU side? I think that's pretty much it, man. I think that there's a lot of good things. Oh, shout out to uh, PV uh, with the new episode of March. It was good, too. So that's it. And going back to the PV thing very quickly, I think isn't this Sunday their last episode? So I think after this, the season is over. Um, and I could be wrong. I I, I don't know. But I will say this, man, y'all, the funny thing is, like, we talk about supporting the culture and things of that nature, but I don't know too many people who are, like, really, really watching it, like, and investing in it and talking about it and making it the thing, right? And I think that that is really interesting to me because this is a way to keep the quote-unquote culture going is to have, not only have these things in place on national television, 
but supporting it as much as possible. All right. Just because you didn't march there or just because you may not, that may not be your favorite band's favorite band. We still want to support it because they may put your favorite band's favorite band up there if we continuously support it. So, you know, I haven't heard a lot of a lot of pub about it from the perspective of, of band. Like, I even think it's interesting the the um, storylines that they have on the show. I would think they would have talked about it. Well, I think the storylines or a negative way. I think the storylines are a little forced. But yeah, I but that's what makes, I'm saying. I think it makes for good TV. But I think the thing, I think we all need to be scared. You don't move a popular show from an eight o'clock time frame to uh, eight o'clock on a Sunday on the weekend. So that should tell you all you need to know about how that show is doing. If that show was pulling yep. in a million followers a week, trust me, that thing would still be during the week at eight o'clock at prime time. So, you know, we, we can see what that's going to be. But, you know, at the end of the day, man, if we can't get past our hate of a program because they don't do what we like, enough to support our people then that's just the nature of the black community man you know I, I like we can't we won't be able to get out of our own way everything is about like maya said we like the glitz and the glamour and all that other mess the coonery you want to do that go right ahead you know i don't care whose band it was if if benedict was up there you know I've, i have no affiliation with benedict college but if benedict was on march i would be watching march because it's our uh our culture being displayed on national tv and it's a shame man that we got people that can't even get out of their own way to just support black people but we support support coon we'll get people up there with the black ink crew all these other shows where people just on that ignorant mess all the time we'll support that but some college students and all you know all these great things that's happening man we won't support that that's i think it's ridiculous well the reality is we the blacks, we want to support it in the manner that we want to support it. And if it's not in that in that manner, we're not going to do it. Like you said, if this was a different school, people would support it. Like, and, and, and we know that, but because it's not your preference, and this may roll into some of the questions that we had tonight, like, if it's not packaged or gift wrapped in a manner that's palatable for you, people just dismiss it instead of having an open mind with the uh the mentality of bro, like you say, Rick, this is a HBCU. This is dealing with something with marching bands, so forth and so on. Like, let me just support it. Let me at least give it a chance, like a full season, because we don't know the next time that this this may happen. Think about it. Drumline one came out. We supported it. And we're going to just be honest. Drumline two was trash. However, um, look at the president, the precedence of that initial movie to the second one. I mean, and then we complain about we don't have spots and platforms well this is a platform the reality of this is a platform you're absolutely right you're absolutely right and you know at the end of the day man i just i guess it's just me and my thought process like i've watched every my favorite outside of the saint croix one but my favorite episode or season of college hill was the first season and it was the first season only reason why it was the first season was because there was one dude in in the group that was an alpha, and he was KK Psy, he was Ada New, and he was in the band. And because at the time, you got to think about it when when that came out, we didn't have any real band representation at that time when that when that season of College Hill came out. So 
it it was kind of like, oh, that's dope to actually see and have somebody who's a part of the program that can give us an inside look on what it was like to be in band. And he played trumpet. Well, while you're entitled to your opinion, we've already had this discussion, but while you are entitled to your opinion as an American citizen, the best season of College Hill was Virginia State. You didn't set up here and gassed. So, I still disagree with that. Hey, uh, whatever. I Virginia, Virginia State. Virginia State, Virginia State was good because I think it got better. But I think the, the the initial for Southern, I think I liked that season the most because I used to sneak and be on the yard at Tidy Hall. I think that's why I like it. Well, I think I like it for the same reason that Julian liked it too, right? I ain't going to sit up here and gas. I know Orlando personally. So to see the bros on, the, on national TV, people I know, like literally every single bro that was on that show, I know personally. So I'm sitting up there like I know these people. The Sigma from the show, I met him at uh, a party up there. Like I knew these people, so it was for me. It was the fact I think just I had that personal attachment, and plus it was funny. That show was hilarious. So I don't know, man. Maybe I like it for the same reason, but I guess we can all agree to disagree. But Virginia State was the best uh, season. Though. I disagree with that. But, yeah, man, so we just got to keep supporting the shows, man. I mean, when Alabama State had their show out, I watched that one. But when Bethune had their join out, I watched that one. And I don't know I don't know if you guys remember, there was actually two Grambling shows. There was the last one that they had with the Orkeses, but it was another one that was before that that had, uh, I think it was following a football player. It was somebody in band, Shunny. Yeah, Season of the Tiger. And actually, Shunny, I went to school with with her. Uh, we both went to middle school together, Welsh Middle School. So it was pretty dope to be able to see, actually see her on the show because I think she was a drill sergeant that year. Um, she was a drummer, I think. No, but she was, she was, yeah, she she plays percussion, but in her role in the band too, I think was a drill sergeant. Drill sergeant. Yeah, she works for me. So, but yeah, man. So we just got to support these shows, man, regardless of what you think, you know, what your quote unquote affiliation is. Cause like Rick said, man, and as a person, as a person who's been in media before, um, I definitely realized that when they put that joint on Sunday, I was like, yeah, this, this is not doing too hot, you know? So we just got to continue to support our shows, man, and support quote unquote, support the court culture. Like you claim that you want to do. All right. Um, my, we ain't get to you. Go ahead, buddy. Well, I was just going to comment on the fact that was anybody else surprised that, when the whole March, um, what did they, they took a poll and the winner ended up being, who was the winner? Tennessee. Yeah. I was like, is it just me or is it weird that the poll that was created by a show or for a show that where PV is the headline or it's about PV that somebody else ended up winning the number one. I was just taken back by that. What? Like, <laughs> The voting was, I think, was based on public and personal opinions. Sure. I mean, I feel you. But I don't know. It's just like, well, damn, it just seems... I'm not, necessarily, I'm not saying that I think that it's rigged or something. It's just weird that... I don't know. But maybe that speaks to what we're talking about. Maybe it's because of the the band chosen to be, you know, like maybe it is because it was PV versus someone else. If it was another... Uh, said school, then that school probably would have taken the number one spot regardless. What poll are y'all talking about? Are y'all talking about the one that they've been talking about the whole season? Or what, what are we talking about? What poll line? Um, let me find exactly what it is. Yeah, it was a 
uh, go ahead and, and look it up, Maya. But it was I don't know exactly poll. what it was for, but let me see. Yeah, it was a poll that was put out that was that I was promoted by March, like the yeah. CW. And um, they had people voting on it, and Tennessee State was first place. Um, PV was second place. I forgot who was third place. Um, what question were they asking? Who's the number one band? That's what I was trying to figure out. Every promo that I've seen that I can find now, or I can, I don't see any promo for the polls. I guess because it's over now. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, it's a valid question. But I think too, it kind of reminds me of you know, kind of what we used to do uh, when Honda comes around. Like you think about it, when Honda came around, everybody votes. So everybody at your school was going to vote for you. You tried to get as many people at your school or who went to the school to vote for you. It wasn't really like you know right. it was the better group. It was just like we gonna True. get everybody to vote. So it could have been that. Yeah. Maybe I'm just guessing. Is Honda voting fair? Is Honda voting fair? Um. I know that me and Rick sat in on a very interesting meeting about Honda once before. And um, Ooh, she I'm, I'm gonna leave it at that. <laughs> I'm not gonna leave it at that. So Maya, we sat in a Honda meeting, but uh-huh. y'all know I don't care because whatever. Oh, I guess look, Julian don't want to get into this week because he no, 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 no. Oh, you good. Go ahead. Hit uh, hit a hot ice with the Smiths last week, so he, he got a pipe <laughs> down this week. But anyway, I stand by what I said. <laughs> But anyway, we were in this meeting, Maya. We went to the consortium with the purpose of getting people to put their money where their mouth is. Mm-hmm. So myself, Dr. Zachary, and Julian all stood up and talked about how people talk all this trash. Put your money where your mouth is and let's get Honda adjudicated. And I said, Yeah, I said that. Me, you, and Zachary all stood up and talked about it. Dr. Sam. Oh, sorry. And we all stood up and said, make Honda adjudicated. You think you're the best band, put your money where your mouth is. And a lot of people's favorite band directors were in that room. And some of your favorite band directors didn't want no parts of that competition. I'll put it out there. what they say, though? Like, what were their reasons why? Or did they, they not started bringing up Hayes and Maya. They started bringing up everything in the world other than we don't want to get judged because we don't we can't afford for PV to beat us or whoever to beat us or Virginia State whoever to beat us. See, that was the problem, Maya. It's they it's easy to sit on the internet, Maya, and say you're the best and have all your blind followers say it with you because they love you so much. It's another thing to get unbiased people that have no attachments to any of those schools in there that know what music is. And be able to have your band adjudicated, and they want no parts of that. And it won't just um, one school; it was a couple of schools. I'll, I'll do like you, and I'll practice some restraint when I come to identifying schools. But let's just say, Maya, there were more people in the room that didn't want it than that did. I'm not surprised. That's all facts that he just said. Everything that he said was absolutely true. And honestly, when it came to the reason and rationale as to why, like like he said, the conversation went so far left that it had absolutely nothing to do with judging and or voting. Well, you know, we, 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 you know, you got some schools that be dealing with hazing. What the hell they got to do with getting your bad judge? And my, I literally was sitting there like looking at him like, what the hell are you talking about? And said band director has since retired. I'll leave it there. There's Did a picture. Retire 
or did they? No, they they retired. Yeah, they retired. I will say this: there is a picture of me and Rick floating around at that meeting, and we are really just sitting there looking dumbfounded. Like there's, I can't. If I find it, I'll, I'll post it. But yeah, it's, it's now amazing. I'm gonna go look on Facebook because I I know it's out there. But yeah, and I hope they have that type of conversation at the um, consortium. Matter of fact, I'm gonna try to work my way down there this weekend. We'll see. But you know, now what? Pepsi has picked up the um, National Battle of the Band. Yeah. yeah. So the Pepsi Battle of the Bands now. So let's let's start having us see how many bands really to put their money where their mouth is. You know, like we think about that battle that happened in North Carolina. The Legion was good down there, but Southern stole the show. They were the better band. You know, that these three words, people are still talking about that these three words. I talk about, I love that these three words. I think the arrangement was solid. Um, I think the Southern uh, recording, uh, like the video that Garrett did, sounds sounds amazing. There are some phone videos, but we all know phones, you know, I don't know always, but, you know, the fact of the matter is that was... That was the song of, I think was the, probably the song of that year. So, you know, but at the end of the day, you're going to have to put your money where your mouth is. Like last year, Norfolk went down to Houston and wrecked shop. If there was a money where your mouth is thing, Norfolk would have won that hands down. So at the end of the day, consistency is important. So all you bands that think you're the best, put your money where your mouth is. Norfolk was born. Last year? Yes. Who was better than Norfolk last year? So, okay. I asked a simple question. Who was better than Norfolk last year? Can I be honest with you? I don't know. I don't know. But I, I wouldn't put Norfolk as number one. That's just my opinion. Mm. Okay. And I'm not talking about sound. I'm talking about just entertainment. It's funny how that entertainment always trumps everything else. That was not what I said. I said, who was better, sound better than Norfolk last year? But that's what I'm One man in attendance. No, so so, but 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 that's what I'm saying. It's like, so as a spectator, being fair, as a spectator, if I'm looking at it, like the sound is immaculate. I don't I don't think it's like Norfolk Bethune, like round about that. But when it comes to the feel, some of that be boring, bro. But that's a, but because that's the part of the pageantry. Well, I don't disagree with you, Quan. I don't disagree with you at all. We say that all the time, man, you know, as as alone, because they're doing the same. Norfolk has a formula just like everybody else, right? You're going to get message in the show. You're going to get, uh, you know, the same formulas and stuff as every other band. I think the difference is this. When you think about an activity like DCI, right? DCI is about pageantry, right? right? It's like there are two general effect cate- um, categories in DCI, and they and people always used to say general effect wins championships. That's mm-hmm. a damn lie because we won general effect in nineteen and didn't win, but that's another conversation. Um, so, at the end of the day, everything is weighted. Different categories have different weights, mm-hmm. and I think that's why, in my opinion, we should be judging bands using a legitimate rubric for what we're looking for with each band because if we're saying that entertainment is the most important thing the entertainment should be weighted more heavily than every other category as it is in dci you know there's two general effect categories there's four general effect judges everybody else only has two every other category only has two so 
that's the reason why this this is making actual actual legitimate argument instead of just saying I want to see who the best. This right. is okay, Norfolk, you're the best in music. Norfolk, you're the best in color guard. PV, you got the best dancers. Southern, you the most entertaining band on the field. And then weight those categories and come up with a change. And that, and and honestly, from from that from that point point of view, I, I absolutely agree. And I think somebody said it in the comment, like. I think I agree that that portion uh, for the drum feature again, Million Dollar Funk Squad is an awesome drum line, but they're boring. But who plays better than them? I'll, I'll wait. give you. Now I agree. I agree, and I think all of them are percussions. I think it was maybe like ten years ago we had saw a video. We was at PV where the cymbal players put the cymbal cymbals down and they started playing Play snare. Yeah. yeah, I'm so, so we're not, and I think that's the thing. So. If I'm looking at the show, am I looking at it as an adjudicator? Am I, am I looking at it as a spectator? At the time when I was looking at it as a spectator, I'm like, hey, them boys sound great, sound awesome. They doing their job. But it was born as a, as a percussionist, they were born. Let me ask you a question. So I love this conversation, right? Because it addresses something that I've wanted to ask for a while. I wish Teddy would come back on the show. The music that y'all played for the field show, not the not the drum break that y'all always did, but the actual music for the show. Was it boring? Hell Play yeah. Though. But our feature wasn't boring, though. No, no, no. That's not what you said. No, 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 Quan. Now you move the goalposts. Now you move the goalposts. No, no, I said, no, no. So let, let, being fair, being fair, I said the music that they played was on point. I said their feature was boring. When so, they were just featured, well, that was boring to me. No, you made a blanket statement and said that MD is a great drum line, but they're boring. That was exactly what you said. Okay. You did not say, but they drum feature was boring. So Batman, sitting back there, and, uh, this, and this is not an indictment against PV, because yeah. I know Bailey was writing parts for PV, so I know it's not the truth for them. But Quan, you and I both know that there are many bands where the section leader sitting up there locked up, turns around and say, hey, bass drums, y'all play this. Boom. And then the snare comes. Just yeah. play, and they play the same thing over and over. That's boring. That's elementary. Listen, we listen to it on the show. Remember right. when Julian played that um the studio um recording of And Love Goes On? That's one of the most complicated drum books I've ever heard in HBCU band. You don't believe me, y'all go listen to it. Yeah, when they did and love um Julian's gonna have to sing you because he's the only one that has the studio recording. It's not on, I don't think it's online. Okay. So, but it's incredible, man. You can hear all that stuff that Miss Bethea wrote for MD. Ain't no other school playing no stuff like that. They sitting back there, even Jackson. I know that's everybody's favorite band, and I'm sure they write parts for that band too. But ain't yeah. nobody playing that type of stuff Hold that up. MD was playing. Not I, one. I, school. Didn't, I didn't want to get into to you guys back and forth, but Warren Thunder. They sweet to me. I don't. I'm not. I will never ever say that they're ex, they they can play like they they're like technically sound because I honestly don't ever get a chance to really see their technicality side. But they got a lot of flashes in just their style that's like super sweet to me. That I think that's why everybody talks about War and Thunder because they're funky. <laughs> they're funky. Other other than that, you know, I don't I don't ever hear them play anything technical. But like Quan said, they are funky. Like they. That's what I look at. So, yeah. Can y'all please explain to me what's so sweet about it? 
I could I could I could be in ninety percent of these drum lines. Now, granted, I play percussion, but still, I could be in ninety percent. About one hundred. We asking what's sweet about them. You you're not making the line, bro. Not when we march. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I I know for a fact, Quan. I know for a fact that I could play bass drum at any school in this country, except for maybe MD. So first of all, you I play a bass drum, so I got gloves on the car. <laughs> hey, I'm gonna actually use technique. I'm gonna talk about fulcrum and being able to play with the right technique. And they're gonna look at me and be, oh, dog, you in that white mess? No, that ain't that white mess. That's what drum technique is, you idiot. I, and I agree with that. No, I, I agree with that. But so, so just, just like you said, bro, I do think that that it's a portion of we had truly had a rubric of breaking down because all of it is subjective until you honestly write it up. So is Warren Thunder a great drum line? Absolutely. Was that particular feature boring? Absolutely. Was PV drum parts for the music boring? Absolutely. But was our drum features on point? Absolutely. So if Tom, if Tom Onks from the Cadets or Skojo from the Blue Devils, who has no affiliation to each any HBCU in the world, uh-huh. came and just specifically playing in the drum line, who will win? Who will win drums? Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, MD gonna win it, but I'm gonna tell you why. No, 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 no. But I'm gonna tell you why. Is because I've seen them post MD, and they've literally said we don't prefer. And I'm not saying those two individuals, but it was a gentleman from like a DCI group. And he literally say, I don't too, too particularly care for, for, for traditional drum lines, but this drum line is one of the best. Many people, even from the South, whatever region, will look at MD as a percussion and be like, them boys playing, but they're boring. Because MD, MD performed at Pacey. NKD too. And NCAD is also a great drum line. I never said they weren't. And he's a PV alum. But but see, so but and Crunchy is, but here's the thing. NCAT and Cold Steel is more entertaining than MD. Now they have Yeah, 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 yeah. We're not talking about that old harness one with the orange jumpsuits. We're not talking about them. Yeah, but that's my point. We are, we sit on this show all the time and we talk about consistency, right? That's why they call themselves the canes. Because every year you know what you're gonna get from Southern. There is not one year MD that you can pull where they were slipping. And I'll wait. I ain't been following them alone. But but I, I can say for 10 years, I can say the last since 2008, Cole still been holding. I agree. I excuse me. I agree. All right. <laughs> <laughs> like I gotta hit the boo-boo kitty. I agree. I can't take nothing away. What you call them? Crunchy. Crunchy, you doing your thing, homeboy, because Cold Steel is in the conversation of best drum lines in the country. I can't take that. Yeah. But, but and, 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 and the crazy schools like North Carolina Central, Donway, especially when like when Dante and them was there and what they've become now, they legit. That's a DOA, right? I don't know what their name is, bro. I don't know half the section in the country. Yeah. I know this yeah, because I'm a Disney. That's it. Hey. And, but but the, here's the crazy thing though. Crunchy was there too. That Central when Tay was there? I don't I don't know who Mr. Tay is, but I know Crunchy. Dante, he's been on the show. Heavy set brother. He's the band director in uh at um he's in Richmond now. Richmond now. I know uh around let me see. I stopped marching 09, 08, 09. Crunchy was there when they did the Earth song. So no, this was recently. Yeah, Tay. I mean, they just have a good drum line. I know people talk yeah. about Bethune Cookman and um and um Fam U. 
you even said it, Quan, with fam and those particular drums that's supposed to be like skinny, but they the only ones that use them and stuff like that. Like, I don't mind doing stuff different, but you can't like they call MD born. You can't take away from the fact that it's only a few schools and HBCU bands that can actually play tonal bass drums. I'm sorry, sitting back there and just beating the bass drum like it's a, a kick drum is cool, but when you add in the tonal bass drum factor, it changes the game for me, bro. I'm sorry. I feel you. And then so so when you get a chance though, go look up uh like Prairie View, the early 2000s, late uh late night 1999 late 1990s. Early 2000s, stop at 05. We played tone and bass drums too. And actually right. happened. Sorry. All right, man. Uh that that was uh that was a whole topic within itself. We gonna have to hey, you know what we're gonna do. Uh matter of fact, I'm gonna do that. Uh I'm gonna get in touch with a couple of percussionists that I know. We're gonna have a percussion percussion day uh on talk that talk. So that's gonna be a that's gonna be a boring day there. Yeah. <laughs> But what I did want to say I, is two things before we move on to the next, uh, till we actually move on to the real topics. Uh, first thing, uh, I want to show love to mine because uh, she was just on the Good Up podcast and she did an amazing job. So shout out to, to Maya getting her podcast life on. Hey, Eco, look at Boo Boo Kitty. Hey. Thank you. That's yeah. so nice. I haven't even listened to it yet. I'm, I, I, I'm scared to listen to the playback. Don't man, don't be scared. It was cool. It was Maya, what's 92? Is that the year you were born? No, that's the year my cousin was born. This is his um this is his brand. Oh. And then the other thing is I really wanted to hear what Maya had to say about Warren Thunder. Cause she I found out a couple of uh, a couple of episodes ago that she loves her some Warren Thunder. And I was trying to figure out what that what what her response to Warren Thunder was gonna be because I was waiting on it. And y'all ain't let her get it. And I want to hear that one. But yeah, well, it's because it's not gonna be nothing about how dynamic. I don't know nothing about nothing when it comes to percussion. That's just entertaining to me. So really, when it comes to drum lines, my thought is the majority of folks don't know shit about shit when it comes to percussion. They just know it's some damn beating your damn drum. That's yeah, that's really <laughs> what it what it is. So I'm like, okay, is the and this is is controversial because my thought is like, is what's the point of drum lines? Is is to keep to is to keep uh keep the rhythm, right? But also like, is it for is it more entertainment purposes than not? But see, but that's the problem, Maya. Most people share that same right. that same thought. The problem with that is this: when I teach pedagogy classes, the number one discipline problem you'll have in your band. Is the percussion section if you have that mentality. The purpose of the percussion section is to be just as much a musician as every single person in the damn band room. Sure. But we always, but we don't teach that. We teach that big poopy can come off the street and just pick up a bass drum and beat that thing a lot. Ricky Smiley even said it. Yeah. Ricky Smiley became KK Psy off of that day going to skit alone. That man wanted nobody band in college. He was the brothers in college, setting hops out. But he did that big pookie skit, and somebody was like, "Oh, he need to be side. Come on, bro!" Like, but literally, it? I mean, it was funny and it was relatable just sure. off the aesthetic of the entertainment. You're right, but, but I, I think mean, people, people can say that with dance too, because it's like, okay, well, if you ask the masses, what's the point of the dance lines? But that's the reason why a lot of these schools, when ensembles are suffering, 
Because of that same example I keep giving. Me sitting in that little ass corner in that practice room and that boy rolling that damn bass drum in there and almost busting my eardrums trying to play that thing as loud as he could. And we think that's acceptable. But but, but, but here's the thing. That's not. That's not. I think the purpose of a drum line, it is to keep time. It is to add flair, you know, to the to the uh, to the band. But when they're an ensemble of itself, you should your cadences like it should be like a playlist. I got a playlist for the drummers. I got a playlist for entertainment because you're going to have a drummer in there that be like, man, they're not playing nothing. Then you're gonna have another person in there that's like in the crowd that's like, well, damn, I want to be entertained. So you have to have that playlist gotcha. that 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 honestly have the best of both worlds. And right now, I would say who has that? Like like chops, as well as you know, metric modulation and different things like that. The people that have that right now is cold steel. I'm gonna have to push back a little bit, y'all, because y'all up here gassing a little bit. Well, hey, Every, this be, get to the topic. But yeah, yeah, I mean, well, shoot, man, we can get rid of one, shoot, because uh, this is important, right? Hey, but look, you know how we hit the um, Battle of the Band Daddies, y'all, and we always hit that little drum feature in the middle to get the horn players a chance to rest they chop? That'd be the most boring part of the show. Everybody be sitting there like... Depending on what drum line. No, we they be playing them same cadences that y'all was playing corn back in the day. Them same exact... Drum features that y'all did. Hey, we the MSD or hey, we the BOX. Like the same mess. We didn't play that. <laughs> all the cadences, most of them y'all play. No, okay. Can I can I be honest though? And I, I'll I'll leave it alone. I feel like MSD is a great drum section, but they're not the box. Because right. I respect them. <laughs> Well, let's keep okay. let's roll let's roll on in. Cause like I said, I'm I'm we gonna have a percussion show. Right? Thank you, thank you. All right, here we go. So let's let's get this thing rolling, man. Because uh, we ain't got to not one not one question yet. All right, man. If you just tuned in, welcome everybody to talk that talk. We have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversations about band HBCU band culture, music, music education, and more. As soon as you come in, go ahead and smash that like button. Oh, I forgot it. Smash the like daddy. There we go. Smash that like daddy. Don't wait, man. Go ahead and smash that like daddy as soon as you come in. All right. Also, please make sure you subscribe to the network and turn on notifications. You can also find us at all of your podcasting areas. Just look us up at Real Talk That Talk. We are officially on all podcasting. All right. This stuck in my head now. (laughs) Oh, hey, hey, we. Like with the with the hip rotation, shit. <laughs> 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 hey, we the MSD in the head, you make the right off of your feet. Hey, hey, I'm not just like okay. <laughs> My every time, I'm just. I mean, I ain't gonna hate, dog. That the, it's. I like the cadence though. Oh, I thought you ain't know it, Quan. I look y'all see you see him hitting it by here over there, hitting it with the stick. He said they didn't play that. That's what he said. He didn't say he didn't know it. He said they didn't play that. But Quan be secretly at home hitting it. I'm gonna hit this hole. (laughs) (laughs) We can't Uh, hear you, Quan. You muted. 
Nah, real talk, bro. I, I, I because I, I just I have to put this out there. I love MSD, but I really want them to have their own identity. I think that's fair to them about what they they have endeavored through as that transition from PV and directors and whatnot. I want them kids to stand on their own. Like, you know, we we the same drumline, but I want them to have their own identity. That's all. And I leave that's not, But, Quan, you know what, too, though? That's why I know a lot of people be gassing. Me, Julie, and Maya, we were all at that um, that HBCU-style band competition at PV. And they bought the drumline out only, y'all. And I swear to God, that's one of the loudest things I have ever. Those guys were, man, they were beating them drums so loud. It ain't no way you're going to sit up here and tell me that PV don't be bringing no sound. Like, I, 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 it just baffles me. Like, I don't know what people want from them. I really don't. I don't know. Like, what do you do? You want a bright, edgy, nasty, no releases, no nothing? Because it's it's just like the young people say, it's just cap. It's no way in hell you can go to a game and hear them bass drums beating them damn drums like that, the horns playing as loud as physically possible and say they ain't bringing it. Like it's just it's just lies. But you can't you can't get people out of that train of thought because now it's just become the thing that people say. Oh, but PV. Say, like for whatever reason, PV was one of those schools that will never they will never quote unquote make it. They will never be. There was always like as as good as they are, as much progression, as much that they've changed and continue to grow, it will be all it will always be one of those schools where somebody's gonna find some some shit to say something about. Like for whatever reason, they will always be and you know, those. and you know who that used to be, Maya, before PV? That used to be Bethune Cook. Everybody will find a reason to say, oh, and no matter how good Bethune was, oh, they born those. They born, they born, they born, they born. Now PB didn't got the whipping boy title. Because now, you know, and now that Bethune is in the swag and they don't have the media presence like some of our other favorite bands, they don't really get that notoriety anymore that they used to. But let's put it like this. Who can play a ballad better than Bethune Cook? Say, matter of fact, I, I, my my new favorite song, like to listen to when I'm just be in the mood, like to listen to great songs. That 2007 Honda when they played Amazing Grace, and that young man played that saxophone that was actually a tuba player. In my opinion, that's the best ballad song, whatever that a band can actually play. Period. I'm sorry, bro, Julian. I already know where I'm going. Where that, you? Oh, yeah, that, I, I know where you're going. Go ahead, hurry up. So that in my bed from 2012, go. bruh. From who? Bruh. From Bethune Cookman. With that damn crescendo, bruh. Go look it up. Look up BC, uh, BCU 2012 bed. Everybody, BCU 2012 bed on YouTube. Y'all do it after the show. All right. <laughs> do it after the show. I don't need you leaving the show. All right. Uh, see, now Quan, go check it out. Let's go ahead and move on to our actual first topic. Uh, yeah, we're going to bring this back around eventually. Uh, <clears throat> but first topic, actually, we were supposed to talk about win ensembles on last week, and we ended up going into something completely different. But uh, Rick kind of started this off, and I actually want to keep this thought process going. Should we put, uh, should, should more programs post their win ensembles? Should more programs post their win ensembles? Rick, since you started off, go ahead and take that one. Should more programs post their win ensembles? No. And the reason they shouldn't post them is because 
a lot of these schools aren't focusing on it. And I don't want to hear a bunch of 20 and 21 year olds playing uh, Amazing Grace by Frank Tegeli. I just don't, bro. There are certain composers that here's here's the thing about Win Ensemble, y'all, that I think a lot of us need to realize. There is a plethora of literature out there that fits every grade level and every, you know, style that you want to do. But there is a group of composers that I know people know and they go to religiously. If you're a college band director and you're still playing the music of David Holsinger, like you're just not trying. If you're playing Riot, um, what's his name? By um, Samuel Hazo's Riot. If you're playing Frank Tekeli's Amazing Grace, you're not trying. And I know you're not trying because Omar Thomas just released an arrangement of Amazing Grace, which is killing just like the Frank Tekeli one. And you're supporting black people by, by playing the Omar Thomas one. But there's just no creativity. Well, I know this piece. I ain't got to study the score. I'm going to get up. And Julian, you know I ain't lying because we played the same music in Norfolk States in Win Ensemble every year. We played Ascension three years in a row, Quan, in Norfolk State. Ascension by Robert W. Smith. If you're playing Robert W. Smith as a Win Ensemble director, you're not trying hard enough. Now, granted, there are some standards that you can play. Like we all know people like Swearinger. Uh, Alfred Reed, um, uh, Percy Granger, all these go-to people that we know. You want to play the Nelly Bell? The Nelly Bell is a really good piece, but it takes work. Clifton Williams has a lot of good music. You know, there's a lot of stuff out there that's considered the wind band canon. But because a lot of directors don't know it, you get the same clips over and over and over and over again. And I'm, I'm just tired of hearing that stuff. So should more programs post? No. Should more programs focus more on one ensemble? Absolutely. All right. You know, I'm sure that's going to come up. So I'll just leave it there. Should more programs post their win ensembles? Hell no, because I'm tired of seeing the same stuff. And I'm tired of hearing out of tune playing for some groups. But I'll leave it there. All right. My, you okay? Yes, I was just, I'm confused. <laughs> no, you're good. Well, one, because I, I don't know much about this portion. So when we say post, are we saying like posting a performance? Is that, is that what we're talking about? Yeah, social media. So like the same way that we, we can catch uh, a great, amazing clip of J-State playing get ready and the chicks is in the front hitting it and, and j5 is killing it can we should should you know uh university programs post their wind ensembles the same way i mean just from a very novice and ignorant standpoint i i guess so because i mean like if we're talking about giving exposure gaining exposure and, and making that something that that is um, a new norm, for lack of better words, or, or instilling that into the culture, then making it visible brings that to the forefront. So I guess in that instance, yes, I do understand what you're saying, Brownie, too. But then it's also like, well, if we're talking about marching season, the, the latest hit to come out, you can expect every band to play it. So what's the difference in wind ensembles or whomever playing the same music as if it's a, if, if it's backed behind them doing something 
I guess, again, for the culture, for the betterment of the students or, or for the betterment of the craft. And that's why I say yes. But also, this is a very, like I said, novice and ignorant standpoint because that's just not my wheelhouse. My, you said something that I'm going to come back to after I go to Quan. Um, it just made me think, but I want to get Quan's thoughts and then I'm going to come back to you. So, Quan, should more programs post their win on something? In my opinion, I'm going I'm to go a different route. I'm going to say yes. Because I think we should post now. I do agree with Rick Rick's perspective of we should not be doing the same thing. Uh, we should take a uh, wind ensemble series and we should not be repeating the same, you know, literature um, from a, a, you know, a wind ensemble perspective. However, it's like, but then we can't backdoor and say, well, we don't support it the same way when the generation that we deal with is social media driven. And I do believe, honestly, the influence of certain bands, for example, uh, Dr. Kedrick Taylor, he posted something. I think that was good. I think Jackson State, if the quote unquote, like the top tier bands or the upper echelon of bands would do that more, I believe truly it, it will be a trickle down effect with uh, some of these high schools. I truly believe that it will be a trickle up effect, a triple trickle up effect from the middle schools and then back down. Uh, I do believe that. So it's kind of like everything that Rick said, I agree, but we have to start somewhere so that students who are in middle school, high school, then go to college could honestly be looking forward to that time of wind ensemble instead of just, I'm going to blow that hole all the time. So go ahead, Rick. Just to push back slightly, though, Quan, mm -hmm. I think the better way of doing that is when these directors go to these schools, instead of just expecting that, say like it's it's really small things like we used to do this at prairie view we would say by accepting a prairie view scholarship as an instrumentalist it is known that you are going to participate in more than just marching band you have to participate in at least two ensembles when i was there i don't know how it is now but you have to participate in at least two ensembles on a band scholarship and that's every person that has a band scholarship so if i call on you and say hey jojo you and pep band and marching band, cool. That's your two ensembles. And most people fulfill it that way. But if you have some really great players, hey, you're in one ensemble, you're in jazz band, you're in this and marching band. Like setting standards, right? That's the first part. And I know a lot of schools do that anyway. The second part, though, Quan, is this. When you do the audition process has to be a legitimate college audition process. That's where it starts. You have school players, uh, teachers that will go into uh, high schools, Quan, and will let the kid come in and beat the hell out of a bass drum and get that kid a six, dollars $7,000 scholarship. That lessens the collegiate experience. Mm -hmm. We're talking about college. We're not talking about middle school man. I can teach a middle schooler to beat the hell out of a bass drum, you know, to cold-hearted snake. But I can't, you know, without some work, teach them to play the mallets, play the snare, play this, and play it musically, do dynamics, do shaker, do all these things. So I, I think that that's where we start. As a, I mean, but I, I think you're probably right, Quan. I think that just seeing my favorite band do it will make me at least know that I have to do that, too, if I go to that school. So I guess you're right. My bad. Yeah. No, you're good, big dog. So, but I, I, think, I think we have to start somewhere. Like, if... Because right now we know that wind ensemble is needed. And I'm not going to lie. And and I just got to be transparent. You know, when you told me, you was like, man, wind ensemble is all year. Not no lie. Like, I'm I'm man enough to say it. Shit, for real? 
Because let's be honest, we did all fall was band season. Once the spring started hitting, they had a small group that was like pet band. But for the most part, marching band ran the nation. It was just going to keep it a book. And then uh, it was be a select few of students that was really they really loved music. They had appreciation that would then join the concert band. If you was a music major, of course, you ain't had you had no option. But the reality of it is, I think your approach is absolutely spot on. If you take this scholarship, you know, uh, you need to participate in two ensembles, you know, possibly three for some of them. And I think that process will grow the appreciation of wind ensemble. But I agree too. some some of the programs. Maybe people are not interested because we're, we're repeating the same thing. I forgot the piece we played, was, but it was overture for something. But it was like a piece that we ran over over and over that was it so but i think the reason why a lot of schools y'all i'm i, I want to be a, a advocate too right I, I think the lot of a lot of the reason why we don't see more people focus on one ensemble is because of the lack of respect for the woodwind industry some of these schools only have 10 woodwinds in the whole program they got 300 brass and 10 little woodwinds sitting down on the first row so you can't play legitimate wind ensemble music if you don't have the woodwind instrumentation or the woodwind talent. And I think because the investment in a lot of show style bands, and I'm not talking about everybody because we know like bands like Norfolk State, they will that our woodwind section took pride in being a woodwind in the Legion. And you can you go listen to Behold. Yeah, the band's playing at full volume. You can hear the woodwind section the whole time. They took great pride in that. So I think the the lack of one ensemble at HBCUs comes from the the lack of appreciation for a great woodwind section. Invest in your woodwind section. You can play some of this literature. But if you got some woodwind sections that can't play 16th notes, you can't play one ensemble lit. And I'm talking about grade three and four. I ain't even talking about John Mackey and, and you know, some of these, these John, Omar Thomas. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, man, it's it's a it's a wide ranging issue that we're facing, Quan, when it comes to our band programs. And I'll say this, and and I'll be done. We also need to have competent people that's on the podium too for wind ensemble. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's it's a big difference. Like marching band, you know, because that culture is is established, you know what type of sound that you're going to get for the most part. Wind ensemble is different, bro. Like stylistically you need to play it like this you know you have to keep the piece to uh, and, and play it with fidelity because the composer wanted it this way you have to understand program notes you have to understand score studying so forth and so on so that's a whole different kind of can of worms instead of you know some of the things we do for marching band but like i say you look like when we went to that uh what you call them um professional development for the Cavaliers. The title of it was, uh, uh, I, what it was like, playing um, uh, marching uh, concert band uh, things for the marching band. So you should be a, a concert, a marching concert band. And those things should just transfer over to the wind ensemble. But you got to set the standard and practice wind ensemble all year round. Shout out to the Woodwind Mafia. Um, <clears throat> so. Real quick, Maya, uh, coming back to you, Quan was kind of hinting at some of the things that I was going to say. But 
as you as a person when you are when you when you say that it's not part of your wheelhouse um i hope i said that correctly it's not part of your wheelhouse would you because you know marching band very well was it because you were exposed to it a lot more than than what you were from the from the wind ensemble perspective which is the reason why i say it's not my wheelhouse right yes well because i also yes yes but i wasn't in wind ensemble so by the time i hit college i was no longer playing instruments so there was no um not necessarily visibility there's no experience that lies there so for me to speak firsthand or really know what it what what all it entails it's hard for me to or that's why i take that um that stance because i don't want to take away from those who have actual literal experience who can provide a firsthand type of perspective versus not me it's just the outside looking in my general ex or general understanding rather of music and different ensembles so yeah so in in essence what you're saying is more or less exposure to it yeah 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 and and i think that's kind of where i was kind of going with that too and i think kwan you were kind of on that same page right it being out there is exposure you know that the the typical kid who may just be a piano player you know needs to see or has not seen because as a piano player we typically think more solo more solo literature but not realizing that a lot of our wind ensembles have pianos in them. But we would every, every piece except for one that I'm playing on this next concert cycle has piano and string bass. But but that's I think we're all saying the same thing though, right, Julian? My my um my take on it applies to what y'all are saying. In addition to what y'all are saying with exposure. If you got the same videos being posted or if you got crappy one ensemble videos being posted, what do you think the kids going to say? There's a lot of great literature for one ensemble that is exciting and is entertaining. But we don't never hear that stuff because a lot of groups play the same stuff over and over. Go look up Dan Zone number two by Marquez. That song has everything in it and it's grade five. You know, so go ahead, Mark. Is the reason why? So, well, now that that warrants why is the same music or the same selections being utilized over and over and over? Is that just what are we talking about HBCU culture? Are we just talking about collegiate in general, or who is it? Or does that go back to the conversations of lazy band directors who only utilize that same old, same old, just to say that they're they did it and it's done? Here we are, but not really investing in the craft and wanting to kind of challenge for some not all maya that is the case and and, and so, so uh, before you go uh kwan maya i appreciate you see this is this is why i love you Maya. because, because i'm not even gonna go through the whole spiel the next topic was do hbcu bands value concert literature all right go ahead kwan now this is my last point I, but I always go back to your first introduction of something. If a lot of these, uh, if we had effective teaching in the middle school sector, when I was a middle school teacher, bro, I loved it so much to where they just was excited to play not only music, but play music 
the right way. It's like the purest form when they first start. You know what I'm saying? Like when they are able to hit the green, they're not focusing on blowing that hoe. They they just they when you have an adequate teacher and you're teaching them, this is what a good sound like. And they're able to emulate that is different when you introduce them in a proper manner. This is what your the, the capabilities of your horn at this level. And this is the piece. And they're able to complete that piece. I mean, it's it's something that that is uh, obviously unprecedented. Um, So in, in my opinion, we need to introduce concert literature at that level and then continue it on so people have an appreciation of both worlds we know both of us if you eat the same thing every day i ain't gonna want it after a while and i think even for me in my professional career i'll just be tired of marching man it's so it's so much other music out there that's beautiful that's well written and composed that that we're missing it to where it's like all i want is my mama chicken that's all i want is my mama chicken that's all i want is my mama chicken well guess what you ain't you ain't never been to you know somebody else fried chicken place like it's just it's just so many limitations that we have you know in our community that's honestly is it's borderline just ignorant because we don't want to change to a degree but i think the thing about it is this too quan just to address the question do hbcu bands value concert literature here's the thing y'all like I, i was even reading the com- comments too Couple people named Aaron Copeland. I see a conversation about Bolero by Maurice Ravel. Um, those are orchestral composers. So when you think about it from that context, you're literally talking about the very beginning of Win Ensemble. Win Ensemble is a 70 year old um, activity. It has not been here forever, y'all. And a lot of people don't know that. Win Ensemble is not even 100 years old yet. Maurice Ravel lived in the late 1800s, early 1900s. All right. What legitimized Win Ensemble was that a lot of these college directors, led by who? Frederick Fennell, um, said, hey, to legitimize this art form, we need to get people that are legitimate composers writing for this, this new idiom. So what happened was you had people like Schoenberg, you had people like Aaron Copeland. Uh, Ravel never wrote Win Ensemble music. He never did, y'all. Sorry. Bolero is a transcription written by somebody else for one ensemble if you played it. So at the end of the day, you're talking about a new art form that's still developing and has went through many different facets. My research is talking about jazz composers that wrote for the one ensemble idiom. A lot of people don't know Thad Jones and uh, Sammy Nestico and all these great jazz people that we know wrote for one ensemble. And it was new to them. They were trying to do something new. So at the end of the day, y'all, for HBCUs to value the, the literature, they have to be enthralled in the literature. We let's let's let, this brings up a different topic, man. And I promise I'll be fast, y'all. I promise. There's a reason why a lot of schools now are requiring that new band directors hires have a doctorate degree. And part of it is because they don't want a bunch of band heads that only know marching band music because that kills band programs, not marching bands. It's great for the marching bands for some schools. It kills music programs, especially if you're a director of bands, uh, plural. But the reason why they want you to have it is because usually when you have a doctorate degree and you go into those positions, it's a tenure track position. Tenure track positions require you to do research to keep your job. So these people, 
that are doctor degrees in music usually have like conducting or, you know, or pedagogy degrees. So they are doing research in the field. There's a reason why schools like Prairie View have good win on songs because Dr. Zachary has a doctor degree in music and he's, and he's a tenured professor. So he has to continuously do this research and technology, which he's doing in music and all these other things to continually stay at the forefront of the craft. But if the only thing you do is show up for marching band and parade season, you don't know what's going on in Winter Song. A lot of these people don't even know who Omar Thomas or Kevin Day are. Two of the leading African-American composers in wind band music. They look like us. And they are Maya's age. Well, Omar is my age. But Kevin is Maya's age. He just graduated from college a couple years ago. He's in a master's program now. Wasn't he at TMEA? Yeah, I we just saw. I just you saw me. Yeah, you just saw me talking to Kevin this year. Like he's one of the premier people. Matter of fact, Julie, I'm gonna call him and see if I can't get him on the show so we can educate some of our friends on what's happening in Wimbledon. But everybody, please go look up those brothers. They look like us, and they are doing it at the highest level. They're in this new group. And if you want some really cool stuff to research, look up the Blue Dot Collective. The Blue Dot Collective. They are in, uh, Omar is in that group, and Kevin, I think, is joining it. But no, Kevin is in the one with Kataj Copley and all those guys. But the Blue Dot Collective consists of Gene Jolly, um, uh, Michael Biedenbender, all these um, Viet Cong, all these great women ensemble composers are in one group together. So that is what happens when you actually research what's going on in music instead of focusing all your energy on what's the next marching band song I can crank up on the damn street sound. It's terrible. So at the end of the day, man, you have to be a music professional to be a, a college band director. And this is why I understand Quan's frustration with all these people that don't have music degrees running band programs is that, you lessen the collegiate experience when you aren't qualified for the job that you have. I'll leave it there. Well, let me ask this, unless someone else was ready. Hmm. You good? So, speaking on the, the, the line of being a PhD or having a doctorate of music or being a doctor of music, how many, if any, HBCUs offer that type of program? And if so, would okay, nope. would it be a viable option to receive your doctorate from an HBCU? Nope. Oh, well, shit. well, my I, I that wasn't that was Julian in that damn button, but anyway, my no HBCUs have a doctorate in music, none, Why? very few have a master's in music. I think, well, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm saying the program itself, like offering the program to be able to get your doctorate from an my who gonna thing. teach it. I mean, I tell you, I'm just, I mean, I'm, just I'm just being real with you. Like Norfolk State has a master's degree in music. I got my master's degree from Norfolk State. Norfolk State is one, I think, it's five schools that has an orchestra. Yeah. So at the end of the day, Maya, this is this is my biggest argument for all my critics and detractors, right? Is that y'all can sit up here and argue me down about some damn marching band for your favorite schools. Do they have an orchestra? Do they have chamber ensembles? Do they have research opportunities for the students, not the teachers? We have to do it if you're tenure track. What are the students doing research-wise? You know, um, brother asked, yes, Thad Jones, in the comment, I'm trying to go back and forth. 
Thad Jones, that's the basis of my research, by the way. Thad Jones, where one went ensemble piece. It's called Northwest Suite. I just performed it last semester. It's only been performed three times. You wouldn't know that if you sitting at home worried about goddamn who do I turn to and blowing on the next band that marches past you in the damn parade. We have to be better, y'all. We have to get out of this mindset that marching man is everything. And I know that makes people have to do this, Maya. They have to look inward and say, okay, this is an area I know I'm not comfortable in. You know, my win ensemble can only play Ghost Train but so many times. Ghost Train came out in the in the early 2000s. I mean, late 90s. I was in high school when Ghost Train came out in 1996. I played Ghost Train, Maya, the year it was written in high school. Right. People still making that the basis of their program. And Ghost Train is a great piece. Don't get me wrong. I'm not taking away from it. I did Ghost Train with our concert band, our third ensemble, uh, my first year at UConn. But there are so many people, Maya, that won't won't get out of their own way to say that there's things that are bigger than playing back that ass up in the stands. And until we get out of that mindset, Maya, our programs aren't going to get better. We're going to continue to do the same thing. We're going to continue to not grow. And everybody around us is going to recruit our best talent to their school. That's why I love Deion Sanders. And I'll end it here. That's why I love Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders took his expertise in football, being the best cornerback to ever play football. And he took his talents to an HBCU. Why? Because the white man wouldn't give him an opportunity to coach at the white level. So he said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take this black school and I'm going to put them in every single event that y'all would have put y'all big schools in. And then I'm going to bring people along with me. He just did his pro day, Maya, a couple of days ago. He had Mississippi Valley and Alcorn there with him. Mm -hmm. 21, 22 of the 32 teams showed up. Yeah, it was about 22. And Dion looked at the camera, Maya, and was like, look, the 10 that didn't show up, I got your ass. He was like, I'm, I, you, I bet, let, let me see you at Ole Miss or at Mississippi State. You're going to have to answer for it. Having somebody with expertise still matters. And putting somebody without expertise in charge of a band program disintegrates the band. I'll leave it there. As he dropped his mic, um, one of the things that I was thinking about and, 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 anybody can can either agree or disagree to this one i think a lot of it does have to do with um what the expectation is too right because like i think about jared uh kwan i know that we have had conversations with jared on secondary sessions and one of the things that jared talks about is he did uh marching band most of the time because there wasn't a requirement for him to do concert band they didn't require him to do concert band. So when he got to Atlanta, he's now being placed in a position where it is actually a requirement that he has to compete in the concert UIL style festivals. And I think that that's probably happening at the university level too. Are there, and and, you, and Rick, you can probably give a little bit more insight than, than on this. When it comes to that, when we talk about requirements, are any HBCUs truly requiring that we have these win ensembles and that we are doing this literature? Most HBCUs, man, don't even know what happens in a music building. 
And I'm preaching from experience. I taught an HBCU audience for five years. I taught at Prairie View A&M University. I was associate director of band there. That damn uh, administration building was clueless. The dean's office was clueless. They pass all these rules from afar, never bringing their ass out of the, the air condition in their building. They have no concern whatsoever. I used to get so mad because the dean, the dean at Prairie View, Julian, would go and tell the music department that they aren't allowed to give people superior ratings on their um, assessments. He used to tell each department that if you send me superior ratings, I'm sending it back. But yeah, he never bought his ass out the music building, not one time, or the, the uh, English building, not one time to come over to the music building to observe any faculty. Not one goddamn time, but he can sit up there and tell somebody they're not a superior teacher. That's the type of shit we deal with at HBCUs, y'all, is these fat cats making 120, 130, 140, whatever thousand dollars a year that are not doing their fucking jobs, but they can tell you how to do yours. It's, it's ridiculous. They don't know what's going on in that music building. Dr. Zachary got ensemble after ensemble there. They got clarinet ensemble, woodwind ensemble, trumpet ensemble. He teaches trumpet ensemble himself. They got percussion ensemble with Prop Jones. They got all these things going on. And the, the people across the street are damn clueless. They well, like, long as long as y'all ain't hazing, I'm good. But let me let me let me say this, and, and I think we all agree uh to everything what everybody's saying. But the, here's the reality of it. We're still suffering from, and I'm gonna use it in this term, generational curses from ignorance. Like it's the same. Rick is the it, what Rick is saying is the same thing. We focus on marching band because we think that's the most entertaining part. But from a, a music departmental aspect, we're creating those same type of band directors because that's all we know. So then you got a high school. You don't know any literature. When I went to grad school, that was the first time they was like, hey, I need you to make an Excel spreadsheet with 100 songs, literally of grade one music grade two music and i need you to do analysis on every single one that is your final project so i literally had to go through a hundred ensemble pieces and literally had to build a curriculum to say if i had a beginning ensemble what program would i put on and this is 12 songs if i had a you know secondary ensemble and, and so forth and so on so that i can be accustomed to the literature overall and real talk when you interview for like these white schools and it's not about white or black and <laughs> like it was really pissing me off is we're not even prepared for interviewing because you go to these white schools, all these schools that in Texas that participate in UIL, that's the first thing they're going to ask you. Okay. We, uh, we understand where to purchase, you know, marching band shows from, but from a wind ensemble perspective, uh, what, what pieces would you select for your second band and why? But if you don't know literature, or if you wasn't told, hey, when you interview, you need to research literature and pieces, you'll never know. My very first interview that was just like that. And I was like, damn, like y'all want which what, what you what you mean? I mean, I'm gonna pick a grade one. They was like, yeah, but what composer though? But what like uh what grade three selection piece would you would you select? And then they gave you scenarios like where you only have you have an unbalanced band, you only have two trumpets. Uh, clarinet and such and such. So what, what piece do you think would be most beneficial for them? Again, the reason why I'd be frustrated is because we're graduating band heads. That's the problem. We're graduating band heads. I'm, we're talking, I'm a musician and I love, I love music, but we're doing these kids a disservice. And if 
to your question, uh, Maya, the overall faculty is too damn small for some of the shit that honestly other schools really need us to do. I agree. Cause yeah. like, I'm a, I got to give you a story on that, Quan, because you, uh, Julian, gonna be right with right. me on this. Norfolk State does have an orchestra. Mm-hmm. Norfolk State orchestra got like six people in it. <laughs> they have an orchestra. It was bigger when we were in school. The lady that was teaching the orchestra at Norfolk State was homeless. Miss Chen lived in her car in the music building parking lot. Julian, am I lying? I didn't know Miss Chen. Miss Chen lived in her car. That lady was an adjunct professor. So at the end of the day, Quan. Oh, 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 wait. Okay, yeah, my bad, my bad. I was thinking. I, I couldn't remember who came after Dr. Herbson. You're right. You're right. He's right. He's right. Miss Chen had a, a Volvo with the hatchback daddy, and she lived in her car because she was an adjunct professor that couldn't support herself on the salary she was making from the university. Like, this is what I'm talking about, Quan. Like, we live in a day and age where we invest our money in what's important to us. But the problem is, how are we setting these students up for success when they leave our schools? If you go to most HBCUs in this country, half of the jobs that's out here are shut off to you. Julian and I have this conversation all the time. If you don't have certain experiences like drum corps or going to some of these course high schools, you can't get half of the jobs that are out there. Quan, you know this. More than you know this. Three fourths. I'm about to say you 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 undervaluing more than half, bro. Yeah. And and if you do, Rick, you have to go to a school that you got to damn near revive and yeah. damn either get a divorce behind or be stressed the hell out, and you're gonna be on goddamn blood pressure pills, nigga, by the fourth year. But we sitting here talking about who played, who do I turn to better on the goddamn street? They got a poll up talking about so who played it better, Jackson or Southern. That's what's important, Quan. Not. Right. These black people are graduating from these institutions unprepared to get a damn job after spending hundreds of thousand dollars at these universities to go there. And, and I, I'll say this. We sit in them interviews and our counterparts, them white folks, and some, and I'm going to just keep it a buck, some of them Hispanic folks that was around white folks treat you like that too. Yeah. And then some. The interview, some. You feel me? It ain't I'm, most, dude. It ain't most. But it's, it's a lot. I ain't saying most, but it's a lot. It's a but lot. I, because they run in the same circles. Right. If you know, it's, Quan, I'm sorry. I, let me show, let me say this one thing and I'll shut up, Quan. Remember I brought this up last week, Quan. I was like, why do, or a while back, why do you think they make people like Maya, who wasn't a music major, take classes like music appreciation and other things like that? Because when going into business situations and other types of situations, when making deals and stuff like that, they want you to be cultured enough to be able to talk about topics on the golf course, over dinner, over business meetings, other than just what your job is. Mozart comes on the radio or you hear somebody's phone play Mozart. Oh, man, that's Mozart. That's, you know, that's whatever. That's, oh, that's Beethoven. That's the Moonlight Snipe. Like, like being able to say educated things that makes mm, this person not only knows how to you know, being corporate America, they also are culture. That's the reason why they make us take those classes if you're not a music major. So those people in those circles, Quan, know the same people. When you go into that circle as a drummer, somebody from a core star background or a music background, hey, you oh you're oh you're a bass drummer. You know who Scott Johnson is? 
You know who Tom Angst is? You know who Tom Rarick is? And you sit up there like, who is that? I but know watch this, but, but watch, watch this though. That's the conversation that you run into. For yeah. example, like TMEA, when you be at these percussion boots and they're they're shopping their product, and this is this is real talk. Why you have to be versatile? You go if you ask a person from drum corps, you're not about to battle like say, bro, you know these chops. Like let me let me grid this rudiment. Nah, they're gonna ask you. Say, bro, you know Diddy. Play, play, play the opening of Diddy real quick. Or matter of fact, one of my favorites, they're going to say, hey, play the opening of Tilt real quick, which is my favorite show of all time. Like, that's all I'm saying. It's like, you run into that. I've been in an interview, and as my hand is resting on my Bible that's sitting on my, uh, on my desk, the dude told me straight up, say, real talk, I mean, you're very articulate. Like, you, you, I think you're a great candidate and you will be a great band director. But I can't trust you because I've heard too many things about Prairie View's music department and Texas Southern music department. I don't know which one is worse in the interview. So that, like, that's not an indictment about the university either. Right, right. That's an indictment about the unprepared people that came out of the university. We used to get that. Same, well, not as much at Norfolk because Norfolk State was graduating great, you know, candidates. But you never heard that about the nursing program at Norfolk State. I'll pray with you. Never. Norfolk State has a doctorate degree in nurse in um, psychology. Mm -hmm. You never heard that about the psychology department. You never heard it about the nursing department. You never heard that about the English. You only heard it about our departments. Why? Because our students are unprepared. Or we let people into our programs that don't have the talent or skill to be there. And that's the one thing that these other schools do, Quan, that some of these HBCUs need to start practicing. Now, granted, HBCUs were started to give people that wouldn't have a traditional track to college an opportunity to get a college education. I understand that, right? I don't want to take that away. Like, remember how mad we were when PV, like, raised the, the requirements to almost, like, Ivy League level, level to get into PV. I think that's dumb. But there's nothing wrong with having standards. A person that can't play a bit, can't play the mallets and the snare drum and all the concert um, equipment correctly, or at least have a clue, shouldn't be a music major. But we'll let that person in, knowing that they're like, su like supremely behind when it comes to what they should know when they enter a program. And we'll let them come in and be a music major and then wonder why they can't do theory or they don't know music history. That's your fault. That's You set that student up just so you can get that money from that student. So that's that's predatory admission. You know, there's a lot of people that play percussion, Quan, that doesn't know that you're actually supposed to have a fulcrum on a tambourine. They don't know that. They don't know the different methods of doing a roll on a tambourine. This is not the only style of roll. There's a finger roll where you literally put beeswax on the head of the um, of the tambourine and use the fingers around the rim. These are things that people don't know, but they're going to go into a middle school, Quan, Mm. And when they play a song that has tambourine, they're going to have somebody back there looking like they're in quiet. <laughs> like that, that, that's what our kids get, Quan. Right. That's what people that look like us get. And see, the, the bad part about that is you do, and it's not about black and white, not like a slave mentality, but you do that shit around white folks, they be like, God damn, like this. And it, it's about having a standard for the craft. It has nothing to do with racism. And we just going to keep it a buck. 
a lot of the a lot of these people that go to PWIs, they've already had the middle school, high school experience. They've had private lessons, so they're far advanced. So when they graduate, first of all, they're graduating certified. That's a whole different topic of conversation. They graduate certified. They network with these other people and they have their lanes. They they know what it is. The problem is from an emotional aspect, which I, I love our HBCUs for that, from an emotional or nurturing aspect, we we are built up, which is awesome. But once you, and in the words of purview, once you cross them flagpoles, then what? Then what? Man, and it baffles me because I know we're going to get somebody in some stupid group somewhere that's going to say, oh, y'all just want everybody to be white folks. And that's y'all damn problem. Rick, final thought on that. Go ahead. Yeah, that's y'all problem is that we can't want better for people that look like us without being accused of being Uncle Tom or somebody else. At the end of the day, y'all, we're going to have we have a decision to make. And that decision is, do we want what's best for black people or do we want what best what's best for us and these marching bands that we love so much? Because at the end of the day, a music education, as Quan just said, is starting to mean less and less every day for people that look like us that come from HBCUs. So leave it there. All right. Man, that one actually went a lot deeper than I thought it would. Me and Maya was in here holding on our seats. All right, man. <laughs> if you just tuned in, man, welcome everybody to Talk That Talk. We have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversations about band. HBCU band culture, music, music education, and more. Go ahead and smash that like button if you are in this room right now, if you're still with us, or if you've even commented on the chat, go ahead and smash that like daddy, all right? Give us a like, give us a thumbs up. Also, please make sure that you subscribe to the network and turn on notifications. You can also find us at all of your podcasts and networks. Just type in Real Talk That Talk. It's funny that Rick was going into the place that he was going into. I feel like he was feeling some restraint on that. And it's okay. It's all right. Because I want to know what do people mean when they say you're trying to be white? What do people mean when they say you're trying to be white? <laughs> Can I start? Quan, you got it. Go ahead. I was going to go Maya, but Quan, you got it. I'm sorry. Ladies first. No, go ahead. You dropped up the gun. You got something to say. It's fine. I feel like, and this this is the stupidest shit in the world, but trying to be uh, trying to be white is when people, when you correct a person in love, but they feel like you're speaking over their head. That's the problem. If Rick get on the show and he speaks about phrasing, well, Rick, well, I don't want to cut you off, but that is the absolute most best way I've ever heard that described in my like, bro. Like, that was so nice. Bro, that was that was man, you man, that was beautiful. Go ahead, bro. Go ahead. Uh, nah, but 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 for real, it's like people feel like you're speaking over your over their head when you say when Rick says things like say I think this is this could have been phrased better or you know maybe they didn't have enough air support. Oh, he think he's something else. Nah, bro, I'm just educated from my craft. Like he, here's the here's the crazy thing: we would never question the doctor if they told us something like a medical doctor. We would never do that. We would never question uh, an executive chef at an expensive or five star restaurant. But we question music majors uh, of each other that's subjective only because it's quote unquote white. Like, that's the stupidest shit in the world. Prime example, we, we've been talking about summer bands and it's, it's going to come up. 
why we can't have an adjudication summer band program? Oh, nah, because it's just about, you know, having fun and blowing at hope. But why you can't teach them at the same time when we know there's adequate band directors out there? Like people feel like because your opinion is contrary to theirs, it's white. Because we're talking, I have a vernacular or a vocabulary for specifically what I'm talking about. I'm white. Boy, fuck you. That's really how I feel. That's really, really how I feel. I do appreciate real talk with uh, the New Orleans, the uh, band legacy doing for those band combines and whatnot. If they're actually teaching, man, that's what's up. That's because that's what we need. But I, I hate this jarring back and forth because the truth is some shit don't sound good and it doesn't. And people don't want to hear that part. Like I know it's some aspects of my band program. That shit don't sound good. But after every show, for the most part, I ask Rick, Rick, how can I improve this? Man, Julian, man, can you teach me this shit? Like, I, I have enough humility and love and passion for the craft to be like, if I don't know it, goddamn it, I'm gonna find it. And one of my organization, they say shit to be one, ask one. So I'm gonna ask you, and you seek delight in all things. Real talk. At the end of the day, I feel I saw it. Uh, at the end of the day, the reality of it is, I feel like, bro, people are so arrogant and stuck in their ways to where they don't even know no goddamn better. To where we feel like what's more exciting or more musical, like, look, blow that hoe. Like, that's it. It's like, bro, we like, I just know my value. That's really what it is. I just know my value. And once you know your value, you really don't rock with people on that dumbass level. Like, I, and I'm, and maybe that is bougie. Maybe I am uppity. It is what it is. But I know that I went and incurred, <laughs> I incurred debt. To be the best. Do y'all know how I feel? Real talk that I graduated from a HBCU. And when I went to my PWI for my master's program, then people say, bro, you have a passion like none other. But the truth is, there are certain aspects that you don't know. You got to start in this remedial class, bro. Cool. Because that's what they're going to do. And I don't give a damn about your excuses of what you've been through, what trauma you've been through. This is my standard. One of the hardest teachers that I had. And I, I'll, I'll show it to him. Uh, Dr. Shields, Matthew Shields. He was a prodigy from a, a, a violinist and he's a piano composer, has toured in Vienna and so forth and so on. My department chair received her doctorate from LSU and is a, a classically trained flautist. But those are the people that I want to sit at the table with. Everybody talk about fraternities. So you just going to let somebody wear your colors and they didn't earn their seat at the table, man, please, bro. That's all I'm saying. So when it comes to summer band programs, there's some sounds that are, that are awesome. There are some sounds that sound like shit. There are some middle. I understand why you have middle school marching band, but as a director, I would rather him know the B flat scale, E flat scale, A flat scale, D flat scale, B flat chromatic scale, and triplet form. And I could teach him how to march because he already know how to play. We shoot ourselves in the foot for what we set up because, and even though me and Rick had the conversation earlier about, you know, uh, MSD, Norfolk and whatnot, I'd rather take a, uh, a MD person that can teach proper pedagogy than a dude just off the street that can't teach a person how to read. I'd rather take an Edward Freetag that honestly revolutionized drumming and hybrid and rudimental drumming in the early, uh, in the early 90s for what we see today. But we don't want to have those conversations because looking at the Blue Devils is white. When most of those snare drum champions at PASIC are Blue Devils. Y'all don't say that to Ralph Nader when he's a Blue Devil, but he's teaching at Hampton. Y'all don't say that to him. Y'all don't speak about that for Harvey. 
That's what I'm saying, bro. It's like we pick and choose when we feel like we can't defend what it is. So because you can't defend it, it's white. That's your best comeback. I, I just people pe people don't want to hear the truth. We went into debt behind this shit. The truth is, most of our HBCUs experience as the music majors were not the best. Some were different, but it was not the best. And the truth is, I'm ashamed. The reason why I try to go hard in the paint is because I know getting out of school, I wasn't certified. So I had to take what they gave me. So I want to make sure that all my people that are HBCUs, I send them notes on the PPR test or on the music content exam because I don't want you to go through that because they look at you like you ain't shit. And that's how they feel. Maya, you wanna you wanna go? Now what I'm supposed to say after that? Um that boy know. done laid down the crumbs, picked them back up again, and threw them to the book. <laughs> what am I supposed to say? He done came all the back way back around. And so, listen, that was a complete, it was complete. I don't even know where they at. I'm like, who? If I had a wig on, that would be shifted like this. <laughs> yeah. Lord have mercy. He just said, <laughs> I don't have nothing to add. I just don't even know where to start. That was amazing. Shout out to you, Claude. You did that. Something that you did. Well, what that. about from the dancers' perspective, Maya? I would love. Do y'all have this same mess happening? Like the the dancers that do the bucking, like you said, versus the dance crews, like y'all that are doing technique and ballet and jazz and all these other things. How about from that perspective? Now that's a good point. So I think at one time, yes, but I think in the current day now that being technical and the technical aspect has been leveled up that it's become the new norm and i i think that just came from visibility i mean without a doubt and i've said this before what we call a whack which is basically a a, a turn in second essentially when miss sean came to the foxes that's what she brought now from that it's the spread like wildfire but that's just that showmanship or that is just bringing a level of knowledge of um, of experience and bringing that to the forefront, which has made it now ma mainstream. But in terms of you're trying to be, well, I don't think it's it's as hard or I don't think it's as evident on the dancer side, not in this day. It just kind of used to be a, a very blatant difference between majorettes at like Ohio State or whoever the case may be or the Tiger Girls or whatever the case may be versus black girls at the HBCU band. It's like there was a very distinct, you know, separation in the style of it. Now, I don't think that in my, well, from my experience, there was not necessarily like, oh, this person's trying to be white or y'all trying to be white because y'all are doing more technique. It was just kind of what your style preference was, right? So for the longest, the dolls were the ones that were doing the majority of the technique for years and years and years. It was very heavy on technique, heavy on hip hop in the ninety, the eighties and nineties, like like on in a breakdown or what have you. And then everybody else just kind of had what made them them. So, what about, like, like what about y'all? Like what about the Black Foxes? Showgirl, like came from the Las Vegas Showgirl, right? Mm -hmm. So, so. 
I don't know many black showgirls. So <laughs> did well, y'all? Sure. I mean, you could take that thought, but I don't. From again, from my perspective, it was never like, oh, the foxes are trying to be white or whatever. It was just they're just very different. They no, but I'm saying, did your competitors say that? Well, that's what I'm saying. But our competitors are what other black, other black girls, other black dance teams, and it was just well. There was no really, a, it's not a competition because it's completely different, right? You, you don't necessarily compete in somebody who's not in your same quote unquote wheelhouse, not based off of ability, but just off of the, the show itself. When Dr. Shry was still there, you knew that we wasn't going to get on the ground. The most that she was going to get out of our legs being separated and open was in that circle or in the kick line. That's about it. Okay. All right, Rick. Uh... You're not following Quan. You good. He said everything you felt, right? I gone. I think that it's, I think across the board, and I'll be brief because Quan just hit the goddamn nuclear bomb drop on us. But, um, well, Quan, I was so proud of you, boy. I was just sitting over here proud, man. It made me feel good. I'm going to be the villain this week, y'all. Hey. <laughs> you know, I, I got your back, Quan. <laughs> you ain't say one thing that was false. What people fail to realize is, though, I like fighting. So please don't walk up to me with that stupid shit either. <laughs> like, just being you hear what I say all the time, Quan, when I know I'm about to say something and somebody about to come on the show, don't be disrespectful because I ain't the one. I'm sorry. I'm still from Portsmouth. Yeah, don't let this doctor degree fool. I'm still from Portsmouth. But anyway, um, anything that anytime somebody I'm going to take an approach that people is going to not it's going to surprise people. Because people are assuming that I'm about to say that anything that sounds good is considered white. That's not what I'm about to say. What I will say is anything that goes outside of HBCU band culture or what the identifiable standard is. So in this instance, Southern um, is considered white. I.e. MIAC. They, are, they like to say the MIAC is born or whatever. But I've heard that the MIAC is white more than anything else that I've ever heard. They see all these black folk over there in the MIAC. So we can only sit there and assume that we are saying because we actually play with some goddamn sense and we try to tune. We actually try to come in together. Our drum section are playing parts that were written on a piece of music, not something that was taught by Joseph up there in the stand line. All right. Then that's all we can assume. I, I've told this story on the show before. I mean, when I was when I first got to Norfolk, we used to laugh when we saw them Southern uh, videos at first in Jackson, because we were like, do they, are they purposely overblowing the horn like that? And they were like, yeah, they blowing that hole. And I, I didn't get it at first. I'm not about to sit up here and lie to you. I thought they were joking until I heard, I remember. And I was like, Oh, okay. That's different. <laughs> right? Well, let me, let me clarify some things. First of all, I never said that. I, I, I never laughed at them because I came from that culture, but Back then, they ain't say blowing the hell. They were saying cranking. All right, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, yeah, true. Right. Bring the mustard. Right. But, like, all the people from Virginia, we ain't – because Norfolk was what we knew. Hampton was what we knew. So if you didn't sound like Norfolk or Hampton, you out there playing with that bombastic sound, you know, and let's let's be honest. Southern in the 90s, now with an educated ear, they weren't over-blasting like, like a lot of these groups are today. They just weren't. And then when I heard Southern in the 80s, I was like, damn, man, that's a jazz band on the field. That's a brass band on the field. You know, the 44 Posse or whatever they were. I saw that video. I'm like, man, 
them dudes cold. They putting out just as much sound as the full band 128 does. Right. So I started getting knowledge of this program. I'm like, okay, this program is about something. Because they were only marching with 128 at the time. That's a drum corps. And he probably got that from uh, Ohio State because Ohio State only marches a set number in all these other schools every year. So when you think about that, man, it always came off as anything that sounds good is considered white. I don't think that's the case anymore. I think that anytime you show that you're actually an educated person on the field that knows what you're talking about, you being white. Anytime you advocate for anything other than sitting up in the stands playing them rap daddies in the fifth every week, you white. Anytime you go out there and you say, hey, guys, it's okay for us to prepare our students for the real world other than just playing marching band music year round sounding bad, that's white. You know, I can't I can't add more than what you said, Quan, other than the fact that anything that goes outside of HBC band culture is considered white. So I I I add one more thing real, real quick. So I don't I don't care about color, but what's good is what's good. If we want to sit down and really talk about some things, if you look at old school Purdue, that's Grambling. If you look at old school Michigan, that's Southern. But we don't want to say where 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 some of these um, legends. Hold on, Juan. Let me cut you off. Mm-hmm. See, you're 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 saying this. You're doing exactly what I just said. You're mm-hmm. saying this from an informed perspective. You actually did the research right. to go out and find this stuff out. These folks we talking about ain't doing that. Right, they, right. Click on, they click on YouTube and they push play. They don't right. click on, okay, let me, well, I love the human jukebox. Where did it come from? Let's go back to the jukebox from this year, that year, that year. There's a video on YouTube right now, Quan, and everybody can go look at it. A fam you from the 50s. But, but- Playing, or what is it, St. Louis Blues or playing, something like that? Playing, playing swing. They are swinging on the field. Show me the overblowing. I'll wait. And most exactly. of it is them playing marches. There's a video, Quan, um, yeah. from Jackson in the 70s. Show me the overblowing. There's a video of Southern the, the uh, from the late 80s with Dr. Zachary. Me and Julie, we every time we see him. in the cheek puff daddy. I still All right? <laughs> Show me the overblowing. I still got the DVD. Right. Like this is a new phenomenon, Quan. This is not this is not culture. But these people are so uninformed as to what true HBCU band code. Some of the main people, Quan, that sit up here and argue people down and tell them they suck in that uncut group and other places didn't play like that when they were in that band. They never Dr. Graves would have cut that shit off quick. That ain't what we sound like. The standard was something. Brandon Marcellus went to Southern. He ain't go to Juilliard or none of these other schools. Like we we had sense at some point, Quan. But then what happened was we allowed people to get in these positions that are underqualified. You brought this up. I'm using your argument, Quan, that are underqualified. A dude that can't can barely read a piece of music is running a band program cannot conduct in four to save their life. I get so tired of seeing this or somebody go to three on two. I get so tired of seeing this terrible conducting. I don't know what to do. And that person's in charge of a band program. That's what we get. So at the end of the day, man, we can go about this quan as much as we want, bro. At the end of the day, the band is as good as the visionary that's standing in front of it. 
At the end of the day, like I always say, a concert of in tune is a concert of no matter where you are in the world. Go ahead. No, nah, and I agree with you because he, he, you said this earlier. Initially, when I first joined the band, of course, you know, my, my roots was, was developing into Southern University in Jackson State. And I thought that, too, until I heard fam. And then I was like, dog, this this is what it's supposed to be. Because, you know, back in the back in the day, it was an anomaly for you to get a band tape. Like you had to find a band tape or maybe your director had it. And when you started really seeing that stuff, it was different. I had called up to uh, NCAT and got a, it was a gym battle that they had in them blue little jumpsuits uh, that, uh, back in the day. And I was like, damn, they blowing that hole too, but they sound good. Like, that's that's all I'm saying. And I don't think Bethune ever sound bad. But you have to be informed. You got to be willing to change. So, but there are some aspects, bro, of, of DCI that when they open up for them closers, if you just love music, you'll be like, bro, them boys is playing. I'm talking about stagger breathing, holding it damn near for like 45 counts and playing it. If you look at uh whoever the guy is from Carolina Crown, every now and then I look at his technique of teaching and whatnot and, and what they're doing. You see, you see HBCUs now doing space chords. Oh, but that was white too, though. That's all I'm saying, bro. It's like we pick and choose when not doing the space chords, right? But go ahead. But I'm just saying though, it's an attempt. You feel what I'm saying? So it's that's cool, but that's not like I'm and I'm not being ugly. So some of the techniques and pedagogy of of Clark exercises and uh and uh like the Remington warm-up. So that's why too though. That's all I'm saying, bro. So we use standard of excellence, a tradition of excellence. I guess that's white too, huh? I'm just I'm just tired of people are picking and choosing when it's white and when it's not. Okay. That you know that I didn't expect Quan to go there, but he let his whole he, he let his undergarments hit the table. All right, here we go. Let's get, <laughs> he let the elephant trunk out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, let's keep it rolling. Let's get to this last topic, man. Welcome, everybody, to Talk That Talk. We have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversation. Man, these these conversations have been uncomfortable today, boy. Uh, about band, HBCU band culture, music, music education, and more, man. Man, y'all go ahead and smash that like daddy, man. Go ahead and even smash that like daddy for Quan, because he went in. All right, go ahead and smash that. Smash that like daddy. All right, let's get these likes up. But also, please make sure you subscribe to the channel. And turn on notifications uh we will be this is our last topic i'm going to be putting the link inside the chat so you can come in and call with us call in with us man and, and give us your thoughts i already know justin gonna be first man he ready i bet he's there with his with his notepad ready to go all right let's go ahead and get to this last topic concert oops my bad my bad oh, let, me, let me fix that i didn't even notice that concert band equals better is that true? Concert band equals better. Is that true? Uh, Rick. <sighs> no, it doesn't equal better, especially if it's not done well. Because all you're doing is just doing what you do in marching band. So let's talk about a well-organized one ensemble, right? First and foremost, you choose your literature probably a few months before 
you even step into the band room with your students and you rehearse. You rehearse what your hand is doing. You rehearse what this hand is doing dynamically. You prepare yourself. Your score study equates to great performance. So as a band director, are you putting that work in? Once you step into the win ensemble room, you have first, before you play a note of music, you have standards as to the development of sound that you want. What's the timbre? What's the balance? What's the, you know, the pitch that you want? How are you going to attain that pitch? What exercises are you going to do to get there? That's before you play any music. And I don't care what level you are. The best programs in the world play bot corrals. Why bot corrals? Because bot corrals not only have good tonal um, leading, but they also have major and minor chords that will allow you to tune your ensemble properly. What's the tuning method that you're going to use? Are you going to use equal temperament? Or are you going to use just intonation? That's before you play any music. So then going over those concepts, if I'm playing a major chord, am I bringing the note down 14 cents on the third? All right. Am I um, bringing it up on a minor chord? Like all these things that we, that are elementary to some in one ensemble are foreign to others. And my, like Quan bought this up, and, and I used to do this at PV, man. It was my final assignment for the instrumental lit class. What type of program are you trying to do? What are you trying to accomplish? What is your philosophy of programming? Do you want a woman composer on every concert? Do you want an African-American or a minority composer on every concert? Do you want a, canon, uh, a piece from the canon on every concert? What is your concept of programming? Or are you just picking songs that you think your band can do or that'll sound good? No, no vision. So does concert band equate to being better? No, if you don't have a person up there that knows what they're doing. You can actually do more harm than good, especially if you're not giving the right information. Now, it can be beneficial if you have a visionary up there that knows what the heck they're doing, and then you transfer those, those concepts over to marching band. That, that works just fine. I used to always say when I taught drum corps at the Blue Coast and when I was first uh, getting in, drum corps and marching band in general is one ensemble with the volume turned up. That's all it is. Whatever you did in the concert hall, you do here. We want good timbre. We want good approach to the instrument. We want good musicianship. We want all those things. Just turn the volume up. But that's not how some of us approach marching man. Some of us approach it as blow that hole. And that's, that, yes, you're right, man. I, I don't agree with it, but that's your right. If that's what floats your boat, I want you to do what makes you happy. I want our people to be happy. And I don't want anybody to be the same. But at the end of the day, like I always say, good is good. Don't matter where it's from, it don't matter who does uh, who does it. There's a couple bands I always go to, and it ain't just the big bands. I always talk about North Carolina Central. Always, y'all have heard me talk about them on many occasions because I know Delenn and I know what he brings to the table. So I know the type of instruction that those kids are getting. I know Juliet Borkins at Elizabeth City. So I know what those kids are getting. If they could get some of the recruitment that some of you big schools get that ain't doing shit with these kids. They'll be wiping the floor with y'all. So let's not sleep on the small program. Quan, I know you're a big advocate for that too, and so is Justin. I'm sure he'll talk about it when he gets in here. But I respect Tennessee State. 
Because I know what Larry brings to the table and the band staff brings there. I respect Prairie View. I respect um, Bethune-Cookman. Because I know throughout all the double deductions and all that mess that people like to joke about with Donovan Wells, you can't out-teach him. Double deduction. <laughs> you can't out-teach him. His win ensemble sounds better than all y'all's. His marching band sounds better than all of y'all. Like, let's be real. We ought to be able to say that that FAMU, Young and the Restless, was the best sounding thing in marching band, black college marching band this year. But we can't even agree on that. We'll agree with, with all these other things, but we can't agree that that was an amazing arrangement and performance. I don't give a damn if it was under a bleacher, in a hallway. I don't give a damn. Did it sound good? Yes, it did. So at the end of the day, man, all that's important and when ensemble can help with that type of development. I'm done. Concert band equals better. Is that true? Maya, as you put in your slick back. I mean, I'd like for it to be true. I would like to think that it's true. The first thing that came to mind is I mean, it can be true as long as we're not exacerbating bullshit. I mean, and that just honestly goes back to what to what Brownie said. I mean, if we're making, if, if there's <sighs> the same thing that we talk about that we've been talking about all day, if we're steadily putting, if we're steadily putting forth half-ass or lack of whether it's knowledge, whether it's talent, whether it's audacity whether it's willingness sure i mean anytime there's additional exposure anytime that there's additional um practice rehearsal or ability to learn a different side of the craft that should be pushing forward but also like i said if it's not exacerbating bullshit or if it's just not like making like i like i like to say every week every week this cyclical balance of poor performance, piss poor performance, then there is no betterment being done. There is no improvement. There are in, not any improvements being made. So, I mean, so, I mean, I would like to think that it would mean better, but doesn't always mean better, especially with the conversation that we've had today. Looks like it's maybe worse <laughs> or, or simply just kind of like flatlined and neutral. So. I honestly thought that within your comment, you were going to say, I mean, if we're going to get into it, we're going to get into it. I thought you were going for that. I mean, I, I thought it was coming. I was waiting for it, but you, you didn't hit it. But it's okay. I was, I was ready for it. Though. I mean, if we need to. We, <laughs> there we go. It's, that's close. But it's just, it's just really that. Like, I mean, there's no use in me doing across the floors five times if I'm doing the technique wrong. I'm just training my body to perform wrong. There's no use in me going into my rehearsal room and, and rehearsing or practicing rather on my own time the wrong shit. Because when it comes time for rehearsal, when it comes time to perform, you 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 perform how you practice. So, I mean, if we just want to get into the depth into, of, of it all, if we don't have anyone that's putting forth effort or cares about what the hell these kids are doing or playing or whatever the case may be, and they just dare to get a check. Yeah, now you now you're setting people backwards because not only are you developing whether it's embouchures or technique or whatever the case may be, and you're practicing that, 
when they get to marching band, when they get to jazz or, or whatever ensembles that they're going to be a part of, or even after school and they enter the, the work field, now they just teaching the next the next person the same old, same old shit, same old shit, same old, you know what I'm saying? Same old bullshit. And now we back to the beginning. So not only am I bad, now, now my whole team of people that I'm trying to develop are bad. So, I mean, it just looks like the current culture to me. But that's neither here nor there. Shots fired. I didn't hit the button. My bad. I, I wasn't ready on the button. I was doing everything, but shots fired. All right, Quan. <laughs> Concert bad <laughs> equals better. Is that true? Um, yes and no. Yes, if you have an adequate concert band program uh, and the pedagogy is transferring to the marching band. Yes, if you have an adequate wind ensemble and you're teaching proper things so that the music majors understand how to truly prep for rehearsals. That's why back in the day, we used to have band practice to the wee hours in the morning because we was trying to fix stuff that if we had a specific vision to say, hey, we're going to attack measures one through this. Hey, y'all, I've already scored study. Let's go over this particular rhythm to ensure that uh, that uh, this may be a, I, I call, I tease this to my students. This is a danger zone. Uh, maybe this is, uh, I'm looking at the score. Maybe you need to do an alternate fingering right here um, at this particular portion. Hey, because you know, we may only have one or two flutes, but the flute has this main part. I need you to tune it all the way down to balance it properly. If you're doing all that, then, yeah, that should transfer uh, to your uh, marching band. Then if you're doing those things, yes, then concert band is better. Uh, however, if you're not like Rick and Mayu was saying, if you're not doing that stuff, then no. If your main focus is blowing out hope, if your main focus is marching band, then that's what you're going to graduate band heads and the unfortunate thing about that is a lot of the students that are graduating at this time feel that they're going to graduate and walk into a powerhouse when this is a profession that is trial by fire and you will cross the burning sands regardless so just like i'm paying my dues uh to show myself not anybody else but myself just do that i, I am an adequate and, and proper band director why can't nobody else that's all i'm saying what'd you just get finished eating rick brussels sprouts probably <laughs> hey y'all know i love them brussels daddy so i'm sorry hey i ain't i'm good only way, only reason I knew was because he hit that lip white right as soon as that camera came on. <laughs> camera came, he's like, "All right, all right, let's get that off." <laughs> oh man! Hey, them Brussels be hitting. Yeah, that gas though is terrible. Uh, all right. <laughs> Lumen Lambertus, me. <laughs> all right, man. Uh, that's that was the last topic, man. Um. Man, ain't nobody calling today. Not even Justin, man. I'm surprised. I am surprised. We're good. It's all good then. That means we can wrap up early. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> as soon as I was about to say that, here you come. All right. Let's let's Phoenicia, them Brussels bras be hidden. What Phoenicia say? I ain't said them Brussels bras fire. Oh. They are. 
Grace good. All right, man. Let's get let's get Justin in here. Come on in, bro. What's going on, brother? What's going on? How y'all doing, man? Good. What's up, bro? Good. Uh, Kwan, man. Hey, you, you said you said a lot tonight, man. Especially that example you gave with trying to be white. I was like, damn, you hit it on the head. Um, and I was I would just add, um, stupid people don't like to feel dumb. You know what I'm saying? Like, you make a stupid person feel dumb, now they won't fight. You know what I'm saying? Or now you wrong. You just trying to be white. That's a real good example. I, I, of my friends. We are from the fucking hood, but I was the only one, or well, one of the only ones who wanted to know more and know better. You know what I'm saying? So I definitely could feel where you're coming from. I mean, like I always, I agree with everything y'all are saying. Everything. Now, one thing, that's what I like, like about y'all, especially Rick. When you be saying stuff, Rick, it's hard. It's hard to say you wrong. It's hard because if you you living it, you're teaching it, you've been through it, and you've been through all aspects of it. So I can't be like, man, that nigga. For somebody who, who who I just know it ain't got the credentials like that, nigga Rick. And then like I say, you know, you're he, he right. Here we go. I'm gonna just say, just to play devil's advocate a little bit, because somebody gotta do it. Um, I just feel like I do. I can relate to the to the to the person saying that he's trying to be right. You know what I'm saying? Like I just feel like sometimes, you know, we always gotta ask ourselves, like, just because we're not doing it their way doesn't make our way wrong. You know what I'm saying? And I don't care what you say for every every correct way and how you was I wonder uh, I went YouTube. As soon as you said Norfolk had a, a orchestra, I was trying to find videos of it. Let me find this orchestra he's talking about. But then you said he had six people. I'm like, my point is exactly. You know what I'm saying? So just to play devil's advocate, bro, all that sound nice, but these concert bands ain't what's popping up when you type in your favorite HBCU band. You know what I'm saying? So like we gotta find a medium. Some kind of where is the medium? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like you said, the example quite about the chicken. You know what I'm saying? Can I get some steak every now and then? I agree. But Justin, let me push back on that, bro. Let me push back on it. You know why? Because you sitting at home right now instead of in Atlanta. Hmm. Garrett Edgerson is not in Atlanta. Well, I don't know if he is. There is a major concert ensemble event going on this weekend, and you probably didn't even know about it because nobody publicized it. So the people that can make this happen don't know what the hell is going on. You are one of the biggest names in show band right now. And you didn't even know that there was an HBCU band consortium going on in Atlanta right now. Like they're literally there now. And some of these schools, Justin, are bringing their one ensemble and jazz band. Just you can go online right now or when you leave, bro, and look up PVAMU jazz band. Uh, at the HBCU Band Consortium from 2015. I took my band played there, Justin, and we played a full concert. We ain't going there and play one or two songs. We played seven charts on that concert. And 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 just to interject on that, they're still posting that video up today. They just did yesterday. So I can put my clips up, Justin, against anybody. But the only reason they exist is because Sean, Sean Zachary, Dr. Zachary's wife, recorded the concert. There was no smash time there. There was no uh, the edge, the D-edge there. There was no, uh, you know, the brothers there. There was none of that, bro. So next year, uh, I'm going to make sure that I tell you in advance, bro, when that HBCU band consortium is 
so we can get the smash time, crank that concert, back, pound sound, crank that concert. Oh, yeah, back. I, I smash it. If, if I'm invited, if I know, like, I know I, I'm going to a couple school uh, concert in, in, in the weeks to come. Uh, but you're right, you know what I'm saying? Like you said, I can't argue with you, you know what I'm saying? I don't know about it. We don't, we don't publicize it, you know what I'm saying? Like, we but you know why, it. Justin? Because they don't sound good. Like I'm just, just you know me, bro. You know me. You know how I am. I'm a, I'm a keep it real. I ain't gonna sugarcoat nothing because we, we didn't have enough of that sugarcoating stuff. That don't fix nothing. Justin, in 2015, that same concert that I was telling you about, and I know he don't mind me saying it, so I'm gonna put it out there. South Carolina State bought their win ensemble to that exact same event, and it was one of the most god awful win ensemble concerts I have ever heard in my life. And Hop had just got hired at PV. Uh, you know, he's a South Carolina State graduate. And he was absolutely embarrassed. It was awful. They played Sleep by Eric Whitaker. And I swear, it, it didn't put me to sleep. It gave me nightmares. Because it was so out of tune. And so, on. Julian, did you stay for that um, that South Carolina State went on some concert? No. Bruh, it was awful. It was awful. Then they came in and they did the HBCU combined um, concert band concert. And that was okay. It wasn't terrible. It was okay. So at the end of the day, they don't want you there because you tell the truth. You have to, right? Because you, I ain't never seen you edit no, no videos to change the sound data and all that. What you hear is what you get. They can't afford to have you there, Justin. They ain't going to invite you today. If they were proud of what they were about to take to the consortium, they had you right on the bus with them. They had you on the bus for everything else. They had you eating chicken with the band for everything else. See, that's that's the problem, bro. We got to be real. I will let, just next time I have a concert, I want you to come on up here to Connecticut because I know I could put my money where my mouth is. I live stream every concert I've, I've done. Every last one people can go watch. So it, they can't afford to have Smash Time there with that real uh, unedited band clip of what you actually sound like, because then they'll be saying the camera line. But but I I have a, I have one question for you, Justin. From your opinion, what's white? Uh, I, I can't. I'm a I'm real. I can't even be honest and act like I never was a victim of saying that mm -hmm. until I knew better. You know what I'm saying? Because that's why when you said like, yeah, I just said that like, okay, um, that the concert stuff like my it took my high school better to really introduce me and understand what was what and understand that me, us playing this stuff it, it makes me better i look at a rap daddy like <laughs> like that's it you know what i'm saying where's where winter wins and I, and I get it you know what i'm saying and I, and I feel like <clears throat> when you get to college bro you know what i'm saying a college is the furthest is the, is the furthest you can go with group marching band i guess besides like dci you know what i'm saying everybody ain't trying to do dci for a select few people you know what i'm saying but somebody can say that, you know, well, for a new school, I won't call it new school. A school that oh, they don't really care about concert bands. A lot of schools don't care about concert bands. Obviously, you can tell. What does that matter to us if the kids we getting is marching band and marching band is our seventh team? So, so to, to, to answer that, big bro, it's like, but that's the problem. It's like, as adults, so I got two sons. If I don't teach them better, then they're going to repeat the same mistakes that I did. That's what's going on with some of these bands, bro. Like, we're not recruiting these kids. And once they get there, say, all right, man, you're an outstanding euphonium player. 
you're you're not a music major, but I'm giving you this money. So guess what? It's a job. I need to see you, bro, at concert band. And it ain't no, well, I, I can't go. Well, your scholarship gone then. Like, and this is why you're doing this. And specifically for the music majors, you your cup of tea, has, your palate, your uh, cuisine has to be balanced. The problem is why we got a lot of people that sick because we just want to eat the fatty food. But if you throw some vegetables, Brussels sprouts up in that thing, you have a well balanced, you know, uh, program. The problem is these programs are not well balanced, bro. And it's not about being a, a music major. It's about having the well balanced because I have a student. She says, Mr. Mitchell, I'm not going to be in a marching band. I just want to be in a concert band. So that should be an area and space just for her. Outstanding clarinet player and saxophone. But she don't want to do marching band. She was like, I just like to sit and listen to the and, and play. That's her. You got some kids that just like they would just want to do jazz band. What are those avenues for them? But I feel like in the black culture, we just be like band, marching band when everybody's not a band. Head. And on top of that, bro. These people that you're talking about, Justin aren't thinking about band into the future. They're only thinking about the right now, right? Quan brought up an awesome point, and I didn't want to cut them off, so I'll jump in at the end here. HBCUs, without a doubt, and listen to me, y'all, I've taught at both levels, so I can say this with absolute confidence. The best euphonium players in the country go to HBCUs. I bought one of my arrangements just into my school now, and the euphonium players were looking at me like, it's too high. What are all the notes? And it's something that the HBCUs will look at and be like, man, whoa, that's easy work. That's light work. You know what I'm saying? The So why aren't these HBCU schools setting these people up saying, okay, there are limited euphonium jobs out there, period. These military bands should be dominated by HBCU band euphonium players. But we don't give them that 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 progression, right? To think past blowing that hole against Jackson or whoever. We think only in the moment. Not I didn't bring Daryl here just for the marching band. I bought Daryl here because I want Daryl to be able to make a living once he leaves college, even if he's a music major. Obviously, everybody's not a music major, right? But at the end of the day, that's your job as a band writer, not just blowing that hole. It's providing an experience for young people that sets up their future. It's about them, not you. So you what have if, to make the tough de decisions sometimes. Go ahead, bro. What if, what if one can say, bro, uh, back to this, one can say, okay, everybody in the band ain't music major. So if I'm just using the band to get my to get me out the hood, to get a degree to be a better person, cool. My band director technically did a job. It ain't that many band director jobs out there either. It ain't how many. That's not true. Many? That's not true. And that's, that's, that's completely that's exactly. true. That's exactly what I was saying earlier. Go ahead, bro. I don't want to cut you off, but I'll jump in now. I, 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 I would say it ain't, it ain't that many band directors drive out there either. So let's use the South, for example, Louisiana, right? Okay, you got 20 music majors in the band. Let's say 20, 20 out of 100 something, 100 something. All of them graduate the same year, right? Of the 20, 10 of them may want to be high school band directors. You know what I'm saying? High school band directors, job sold up. You don't want to do middle school. You know how it is people do fucking middle school back because you ain't got to teach. Where do they go from there? You know what I'm saying? Oh, don't, oh, don't say nothing. Hey, hey, I, listen. Cause you know you're proving my point, right? You, you really are. You're, you're truly proving. I, 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 I want insight. Yeah, let me provide your insight on it. 
I'm, I'm gonna say this. Quan Quan is gonna go a different direction because I know the direction he's gonna go. Rick might go a different direction. I'm gonna say this. Half of the problem too is, and I think it's it's kind of along the lines of what Rick always says: your band is only as good as your director, right? So if you go to those 20, if you go back to those 20 people that you referred to, right, most of those out of the 20 people, if they were all they were getting was marching band. First of all, they also weren't taught that nine times out of 10, when you go to college and you come out, you more than likely are not going to get a high school band. And if you are, it's going to be the epitome of I got to grow that. Right. But the other half of that is most people only want to stay where they know they can only teach that one thing. So that goes back to what you said. There's not a lot of jobs. No, there are a lot of jobs out there. But the problem is there's a lot of jobs for people who can teach. If you can't, if all you know is blow that hole, then yes, your your options are limited. And nine times out of ten, you're going to get an elementary school or a middle school that you quote unquote don't want that Quan was going to say something about in a second because he was ready to fire off after you said that. You said that. But I'm just saying the, 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 the fact of the matter is because there's not a lot of because you're not receiving the education that you're supposed to be receiving and you're not getting the knowledge that you're supposed to receive when you, especially from an HBCU in most cases, you are not making yourself available for the positions that are out there. You're only making yourself available for the small, minute things that most people aren't going to give up because for most of them, it's just a check. So you know, I'm not interested in the positions, then what? Yeah. I feel you say there's a lot of, uh, all y'all flip when they say there's a lot of jobs. What if I'm not, about, I went to school because I, I wanted to be a high school band director, and that's what I, that's the only reason I wanted to be a music major. Everybody music passion on stretches for the job. You know what I'm saying? So all these jobs I'm talking about, what, what are some of them that I might Let me, want? let me say this real quick and then I'm going to let Quan go. All right. I'm a, let me tell you my story. I didn't give a damn about band. When I was in middle school, I didn't give a damn about band. When I went to high school, and I and I went to one of the premier high schools for band in the state of Texas during my time. Now I don't know what it is now, but and that's nothing. To, that's no slight against anybody. I'm just saying that's what I did. Go on, mute your mic, bro. But what do? Oh, but even still, I was watching Jackson and I was watching Southern when I was in school. When I came out. I didn't give a damn about no wind ensemble. I appreciated for wind ensemble for what it was. I did, but I just wanted to go and crank up at Norfolk state, which is what I did. But it wasn't until I met people like Rick, who was involved with drum corps, which is something I found interesting when I was in high school and I started hanging around him and I started learning a lot more things and I started being a lot more involved. And then when I actually stepped out and I started gigging and I realized, oh shit, I need more than just this marching band shit under my belt. And then I actually got thrown in a position where I was teaching middle school and high school. And the person who was around me was a classical trumpet player and a classical jazz and and not a classical jazz player and a jazz player. And he said, Hey, you're going to have to, you do this marching band shit really well, but you're going to have to do more than that shit. And then I got play. I got forced into that shit because I realized that I had a mindset that well, I ain't trying to do that shit. But you know what? At the end of the day, I ended up having to understand that I needed to get that knowledge because I needed to make myself more marketable. Because I'm not going to get that huge school that I always think about or that I always wanted when I came out of high school. It's very rare that our people come out of HBCUs and get that that top tier program that they want where they can just crank up and blow that hoe. And unfortunately, that's why you have a lot of middle school uh, marching bands, 
because a lot of people came out and say, well, shit, I ain't trying to do that. And then when they don't get the job they want, what ends up happening is they try to create a middle school marching band when them kids should be sitting down trying to understand how to truly approach their instrument and create a great sound and getting the true pedagogy. I think at the end of the day, we think too small. I think that's what it is, Just I really do, bro. I think that we have such a small perception of what music is because our experiences are small that I think that we close ourselves off from many opportunities. Eddie asks, what in your opinions? Yeah, he asks, in your opinion, leave it up for a second, Julian. What parts of the country, in y'all opinions, have more high school gigs that require directors, directors that actually teach versus blow um, blow that hole, but that's directors. That's a good point you make. At the end of the day, every single state in this country has that expectation. Every single one. I don't know of any state that doesn't have that expectation. Here's the thing that we don't realize. The HBCU culture is a southeastern thing. Ain't no HBCUs on the West Coast. And it's a lot of black folks over there. You know, we're only covering such a small thing, and we don't we never think outside of our bubble. Ain't many HBCUs, and then you got Wilberforce, you got, you know, up in Ohio, Central. Ain't there ain't many HBCUs anywhere, y'all, other than the Southeast. So at the end of the day, you're only you're set, set shutting yourself off A from 40% of the 50% of the country, and then B. There are standards in place in every single school system in every single district in this country. Standards of excellence, it was, I mean, standards of learning, it was in Virginia. Teeks, it is in Texas. All these school districts have standards that they say, this is what we expect from a music educator. That doesn't change. My argument, Justin, is at the end of the day, if a student goes to whatever college, they can have whatever ambition they want to have. Let's say you want to be in one of those schools. Like one of my favorite high schools to listen to is Minor High School. Minor High School is a show style school. They ain't no core style school, but they play with great sound. Shout out to Mr. James Crumb, the band director at Minor High School. Used to be the um, Carlton Davis that's at um, A&M. He used to be at Minor High School. I mean, um, Carlton Wright, sorry. Carlton Wright at, um, at A&M. He used to be at Minor High School. Great band program. They ain't no core style band. People think I just like listening to core. No, I like listening to good. And at the end of the day, if you got, Justin, I thought you were going to go here with your what you were saying. If you got 20 music majors at a school, at an HBCU, University of Texas has 100. Texas Tech has 50. Sam Houston has 60. All these kids are graduating the same time as our HBCU kids are. And they're all competing for the same jobs, except one group of kids has a major deficiency in their band knowledge. Who are you going to hire? Just the person that is highly trained and highly qualified or the kid that wants to come out and blow that hole. That's what that's my argument, bro. We can sit up here. We can love HBCU band culture all we want. But if we have identified as black people that there's a major hole in some, not all, you know, in some then what are we going to do to make our kids' experiences better and their chances of getting the job after they leave the marching band, which should only be four or five years at the most, and they have 50 more years to live, what are they going to do then? You know, and even the ones that aren't music majors, they go back and contribute to these mass bands, 
let's contribute in a way that is that is effective that's going to help these kids have a chance to compete against UT, Texas Tech, and all these other schools. That's my the argument. The difference, bro, and I, I feel you. Like, at the same time, if, if you say they had a deficiency and Sam Houston, all these big schools, they're learning more, they're doing more, they're well, they're more experienced musically as a whole, bro. But at the same time, like, what about the culture that we have created? I guess that's, that's my only big problem with it. I feel like I, I can relate to somebody. I, I, I get everything you're saying. I feel like sometimes we down what we can create it because it's not right by what the white says right. You know did, what did, did we create it? Did we, did we create it? Did we create yeah. it, Jeff? We, we might have created it, but we, 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 we damn sure policy to what we like. You know, and that's the case. Fraternity. I don't know what that, I, no, I won't get into that. Don't go there, bro. No, I want you. Know, you you're entitled to your opinion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, listen, uh, ours. What's ours? If we keep expanding on what's ours, bro, you know what I'm saying? Ain't nothing wrong with the the, the HBCU grads that's getting that's graduating. They can keep pouring towards us. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I'm gonna just say I don't want to get an argument to, between somebody who's telling y'all that white shit is uh is 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 wrong and y'all saying no, it's correct. I don't want to get in that argument because I feel what both of y'all say. I, 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 what are they saying is wrong? No, I mean I'm, I'm saying like okay. For for somebody who's saying like you say, uh, play it not saying not in tune, but like you know what I'm saying overblowing. What you may consider overblowing, Rick. You know what I'm saying? We may consider lit. You know what I'm saying? You may go to Craigslist and I'm like one thing that's played. You know what I'm saying? Why they gotta play with the cheeks puffed out? I get it is wrong. Obviously, we learned it in middle school. You know what I'm saying? So we really who really learn, but at the same time, some of the best people on the horn I know play with the wrong a, a, a messed up Amish. You know what I'm saying? Puffing their cheeks out. I get it, it's wrong, but that's what we do. Let me put a thumbnail of a YouTube video of Southern Baritone section like a fish, and let me put fam you a Clara a pick a little player playing like this. You wanna know which one go get the most clicks? You know what I'm saying? Which one look more lit? I'm just saying we don't have to bash or like really come hard down on our culture to say to tell us that it's right versus. We can't, as a culture, can't take constructive criticism. So it's like we come in a stalemate. You know what I'm saying? You feel me? So I get what y'all saying. I don't want to think, but at the same time, I do kind of. If I'm picking, I'm picking, I'm picking niggas out. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what I like, and that's I can get a, I can get a, I get 150 people in, in the band, 250 people in the band playing like I play. Can y'all do it? You know what I'm saying? Don't what y'all do over there? You know what I'm saying? So how how we have to find? I, I always say this: we have to find a media. What you gotta say, Kwan? So my my uh my the school uh, internet is intermittent. So so one thing like initially like we had said uh, about the those jobs. So from personal experience, this is some once you graduate from an HBCU, this is what you face. Real talk. And if I'm wrong, Luke or Rick, you chime in, or anybody that that was music majors and band directors chime in. First of all, you're gonna receive racism out the ass, bro. Like straight up. It's going to be blatant in your face. Racism. They're going to look real talk at your transcript. They're going to see where you come from. And then they're going to look at the uh, what's the word? The reputation of that particular music. I'm pretty sure he was going to say music school. school. Hey, that's your trash. Your internet trash, bro. Hey, but Justin, for real though, on a serious note though, bro, like 
you the one thing I will say about you is you make legitimate arguments for the other side. And I a lot of what you just said, I agree. I, it changed my perception a little. I think that the issue I have, though, is that. There are some things while we can say they're for the culture, they can't be argued as right or wrong. Right. And I always say that, like, for instance, I always you said you bought up overblowing. Right. The reason why that argument is a little invalid to me is because they don't do it everywhere. You don't hear them overblowing in those win ensemble clips that they putting up. So they know that, that there's a way to play the instrument and then there's the culture. There's two separate ways that people do it. So I, while I agree with your um, assessment in a couple of places, I think you made some really convincing arguments. But from that standpoint, if they knew it wasn't wrong, they wouldn't do it one place and not the other. But go ahead, Quan. Yeah, I want Quan to finish his thought. My bad, y'all. So I'm, I'm on my phone now. Can y'all hear me? Yeah. All right, cool. So you're going to receive racism and honestly, pending the reputation of that music department, not school of music. You're going to face that, bro, straight up. Again, I've had interviews, bro, as a certified teacher with a master's degree. They literally was like, say, bro, like the school is either y'all or TSU. And that's not an indictment on either department, but that's what they hear. So that's that's number one. So the high schools that have the structure, that have the uh, the budget, that has the administration support, most of us won't even get those jobs because if that's a core school, nine out of ten, if you don't have core experience, they're not going to pick you. So that's that's number one of what you're going to face. The, the point that I had uh, picked my head up on, you said middle school. Middle school, you teach the most. Middle schools, you teach the most. If you can't teach a kid how to either establish the embouchure, and honestly, from more and more research, we see that it's certain ways to establish your embouchure, but it's what's best pending that child's teeth or that child's, you know, dip in the lip or whatever the case may be so that it can establish the embouchure and aperture and, and so forth and so on. But a good sound is a good sound. I have a student, she has an off, you know, her, her embouchure is off a trumpet player, but she, she plays in tune. So I'm not going to force her to be like, nah, you got to hit that thing on the center. That's one. So a lot of, a lot of the problems, bro, bottom line of what we're facing is, the reality is due to the color of our skin, we are looked at a certain way. There's jobs available, but you got people that see in, in this state of Texas, University of Houston, Texas A&M, UNT, Texas Tech, uh, even Texas women, Texas A&M Commerce with with established programs that SFA, these people going to be. Huh? SFA, SMU. Yeah. They're going to grab you first. They're going to grab them first. And I'm just being honest. And most of the high schools, and I'm only speaking for I'm only speaking for Texas again. Most of the schools that you're going to get that has our culture, they had a revolving door for about 10 years. Because they don't have no appreciation for fine arts. And what they're going to do is they're going to tell you, build this program. Well, what's my assistant? You're the assistant. Can I have another band director? No, until you get your uh, numbers up. That's how they treat us. So if we're not having those real genuine conversations with our music majors at the HBCUs, we've already failed them. 
And I think that's what what uh I'm saying, that's what Ricky's saying, and everybody's saying, bro. It's like there's a grave reality, bro, of what we face once you walk across that stage. Cause you thinking, man, I'm gonna get my band, I'm gonna just do this. It's so much administration work with this that you have students don't even know how to be administrators from the band perspective, bro. It's just a honestly, bro, 85% of being a band director is an admin work. The other aspect is pre uh, preparation. But if you don't know how to prepare a score, even if it's a rap daddy, if you don't know how to prepare that score to teach those kids that, then you're wrong too. Like, like we, we, we're, we're failing our kids because they're looking at that headband director who's been practicing this craft for 10, 20 years, 30 years, and think, I'm going to just get out and do that same thing. But we didn't see the footwork that that person has done for all those years. I think Kendrick Taylor as Southern is an awesome band director. Shout out to the Frank. Real talk. But I don't know his I don't know that man's, you know, regimen or struggles that he had to become the person who he is now. Many of these people think I mean, I'm a graduate and just build a band like Southern, build a band like Jackson State. You don't know the struggle of them people. And you think I'm going to just get on this podium and tell you blow that hoe or because I can arrange this. I'm I'm just gonna be cold, nah, bro, and that and I think we get frustrated because we've been through it and we're going through it. We're endeavoring through. It. I think that's the difference, bro. Two questions, one for you, one for Rick. Okay, uh, um, that you find you find a question, bro, because we gotta get ready to wrap up. But you got it. Yeah, what's more, what's more important? Okay, I'm gonna go, Rick. Damn, uh, Rick, how big is the uh the DCI band culture? Because I, I already see too many good legit videos. I, I, on YouTube, I probably would like to shoot one, you know what I'm saying, of, of a group to make that motherfucker slap, make like put something on us. How big is the culture versus uh, HBCU band culture? So how big is it? Um, I think it's probably about half the size of HBCU band culture. Um, when you go to Honda Ballad of the Bands, Honda Ballad of the Bands is wrapped all around, like uh, people all around the stadium. DCI brings on average to finals about 20 25, 30,000 people. So it's not a full NFL stadium. It's about half of it. Um, when you count in alumni and just fans of it, uh, yeah, I would probably say it's about half the size of HBCU band, band culture. But I think that if you ain't finding no clips, man, you ain't looking hard enough because it's a lot of clips. Maybe I don't know who to type in to, to, to get a good show. But you gotta know. you gotta know like specifics. If you just type in DCI, it's just gonna bring up shows, right? But if you type in like the individual group, like it's plenty of Blue Devils group videos, Crown, all the all the bigger groups, uh, you can find that stuff no problem. You know, like here's another example I was talking about me having to put my money. What my mouth is. I just got appointed as a caption head of a DCI group this year. So my group's going to have to go out there and deliver. The group I'm teaching on has only made finals twice. So I got a job to not only bring those guys up, you know, but also maintain where at least we've been. So here's another example for all these critics and detractors. Let's see what we do. You know, do we sound good? I guarantee you we will. But at the end of the day, just to answer your question, bro, it's not it's not nearly as big as the HBCU band community. All right, Justin, man, I appreciate you, bro. You always you always give us some great convo, bro. So uh I appreciate you, man. I appreciate the support. And your uh joint should be in the mail. All right. Should be in the mail. So let me know when you get it. All right. All right, bro. You got them the right size? Cause I got the wrong size. 
he he got something different than you did. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was it, it was the material in which you got. So I, I'll give I'll give that warning. Hey Justin, I hope you got that guy dang on no rap daddies in the fifth shirt. That's what you need. No, nah, he got the rude daddy. <laughs> and then, hey, before we go to, can we talk oh, no, about? No, no, you got the tune. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. And then, can we talk about what Maya was eating was better than what? Because she had the steak knife, Daddy. Can we? Can we all put that out there? Well, she cut the camera off when she came back. Oh, she yeah, yeah. Her mouth and had the steak <laughs> knife, Daddy. Up. Look, I had to, look. The conversation between me and Maya was hilarious because she was in there going in. And I had to tell her, like, hey, man, get, get. She, didn't even, she didn't even pay attention to the private chat. I had to text her to let her know. Because she think whatever. Hey, answer answer the question. That's a good question. No, there aren't. There used to be. And just like you always say, Justin, they went away. You know, there used to be one called the CMC Warriors. That was the biggest one. They were out in New York. There are a few, but they are very small. There's one called the Spirit of Newark out of Newark, New Jersey. And then there's another one from New York. Uh, that's something that we were working on, though. A couple of friends and I were talking about doing that a couple of years ago. So it may be in the work, man. But the thing about DCI is what I was saying about margin band. DCI is about money, bro. If you ain't got no money, you ain't starting no drum corps. It costs on average just $2 million a year. And it's probably more now to run a drum corps. So if somebody want to give us $2 million, we can start a corps. But all these bigger corps already have are been established so it's gonna hard to get people that look like us in there and then it's already hard enough because the march drum corps costs on average over four thousand dollars so a lot of them starting a lot of them fold all right i'm gone man all right bro yeah my i'm just my you had to state daddy and then <laughs> Somebody said something about a steak, and I was like, "Oh shit, I got a fat juicy ass." Hey, I saw that snake. I saw that grease on your mouth, and I saw that steak knife. Oh, I was like, "Hey, she about to go in." That camera went on quick, bitch. You camera off. <laughs> oh man, uh, this has been a, an amazing show, man. I appreciate everybody who's joined us. Uh, Let's get ready to get out of here. But before we get out of here, you know, I always got to do it every single time. If you haven't done so already, go ahead and stop by the store. We got some new merch that is up in the store, and I want to make sure I let you guys see what it what it's talking about before we uh, get out of here. So this new merch is up in the store. Boom. My bad. My bad. I ain't mean to do you like that, my, my fault. There we go. Let's make drilling great again. We had that conversation on on the show. I think that's what it was. And uh I was like, man, let's let's make drilling great again. All right. So we can pick your your make drilling great again shirt up. Uh there's also, let me go back in here and get the new one as well. Uh where is it? My bad. It takes a little while. Also get your rap daddies in the fifth if you don't got that one. There we go. Straight out of tune. Okay. So you can also get that one when I got the little tuna equipped down there at the bottom just to make sure you are in tune. There we go. <laughs> Straight now, out what tune. colors does it come in? Straight out hey, <laughs> if Scarfinger is still watching, I got That's you. what I'm saying because Boom, there we go. <laughs> I made sure I got Scarfinger straight. As a matter of fact, bro, uh, the, the one that you were talking about uh, is also in that color. I made sure I got you straight in that color as well. So you can stop. 
<laughs> you can stop by the store, man. I'm gonna put the <laughs> Jackson Southern called something. He said he wanted something. He, he said he wanted, wanted Texas Southern, Southern and he wanted uh, what he said. I think Southern it was Texas Southern and Southern. Hold yeah, on, Southern see. Colors. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Hey, Scarfinger asked for it, all right? Because originally I was just gonna hit the black one, that the black daddy and the white daddy. But when he asked for it, I said, hey, man, let me go ahead and take care of my man. Wait, so, I'm sorry. Is that an actual tuner? It is a tuner down there at the bottom. <laughs> so, now. <laughs> so I'm just letting everybody out there know you can go ahead and stop by the store and pick up your new merch. You can pick up your old merch. And just remember, we are still in the month of March. So if you want 15% off your purchase, just go in. And when you go to uh, pay you type in Luke BD for 15% off your purchase. You can go and pick up that merchandise as well as all of the other merch that we have within the store. <laughs> Rick is weak right now. Oh my gosh. But it's out there. So go ahead and purchase it. Don't hold back. <laughs> Just go to the store, click on the link. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Go back, go in there, click in the link, man, and go ahead and pick up your merch, man. All of it is in the, is in there for you, man. All right, man, let's get ready to go ahead and wrap this up. So uh, let's start to my left. Rick, any final thoughts, anything you got for the culture? Sorry, I got Smitty on the, on the finding the mute button there. But, uh, yeah, y'all, um, HBCU Band Consortium is going on right now. All right, if you are interested in, in what's happening in the concert side and, and the jazz side of these HBCUs, and that's one thing, too, we need to have a discussion on because black people found jazz, founded jazz, but we damn sure ain't leaving it, you know, which is which is just crazy to me. But anyway, if, you're, if that's something you're interested in, then that's happening this weekend. I'm going to try to get down there either tomorrow or Friday, but... Um, yeah, man. Um, support what's going on, y'all, other than just the marching band stuff. If we make it important, then it will be important. Um, some dope music I'm listening to. I only got two this week because I wanted to keep it sure. I know we got to go. Actually, I'll give you three. So Fife Dog from um, from um, Tribe Called Quest. Quest. Yes, sir. Yep. One of my favorite. That is my favorite group of uh, rap group of all time. But they just released yeah. a, Dog, a Fife Dog album, man called forever so if y'all want to rest in peace to five dog man go support his material man. i'm sure it's for his family and stuff so five dog they just released the album uh for those of you that follow me on facebook i just posted a video i posted every time it come up of this guitar player man playing on john Peaky and um one more chance and this dude is incredible and he's actually releasing his own material now so go check out fly guy bird fly guy bird he got some dope stuff and then this is going to be funny because we were just talking about the root. But there's a dope artist that you should check out. They got a um, he's a bass player and he has an album called Everybody Wants to Be a Cat named after that Thundercat song. Right. But his name is Rue God. <laughs> Rue God. R-U-G-A-W-D. So we need to get the Rue God the cat daddy on that on them Rue shirts. But um yeah, man, support black like we always say, man. Let's let's be there for one another, man. That's it. That five dog, that's called a ventilation, the LP. No, it's called Forever. Forever, okay. I'll find it. 
We got to do it the right way because I said we were going to do another one. Buttermilk biscuits. Buttermilk biscuits. I, bro, I said Maya the video. Maya was weak. <laughs> buttermilk biscuits. You got to hit it with the ass on there to get the gap daddy in there. Buttermilk biscuits. Listen, I'm like to die when I saw that. He said buttermilk biscuits. Buttermilk biscuits. <laughs> you got to get that extra ass on there, Maya. Buttermilk biscuits. Yeah. <laughs> Lord knows I needed that on that day. Oh my gosh. But, um, good, Ma. There we go. We got both of them in there. I mean, you know, I don't really have too much this week, but back to what we were talking about way early in the beginning of the show. Please make sure you guys show up and show out this week for, for, for March. It's the, it's the last, I believe this is the last. Yeah, I think it's the last episode. The last episode of the season. And I mean, it's not too late to turn things around. If we show up and we really get those numbers up for at least this final episode, then maybe there's smoke for next season. Or whether it's for PV or whomever, just for the culture in general. So let's make sure as a family and a community, we just tune in and, and support them. But other than that, I agree. Yeah, basically. Quan, they must not have five G in that part of the city. No, they, they probably kicked them out of the. They probably kicked them out of the building. Yeah, they. So, so for they did kick me out of the building, but the issue is they at a certain time they refresh it at night, and so that's what's been going on. So yeah. Quan, you going to get one of them bobs tonight? Nah, nah. We need to talk about health as health for band directors because uh, I can't even meet that no more, man. Boy's pre diabetic, so I gotta lose this weight. Wow, tell you, I know uh, that story. Yeah, but, but my final thought I do yeah, want to give a shout out to uh, I do want to give a shout out to uh, Philip Smith, uh, good dude, uh, brother Symphonia. Uh, I believe he became the drum major, uh, for um, like his cavalry for the uh, army band. Uh, outstanding trumpet player, really, really good dude. So I just, I, I believe in giving people their roses while they're alive. So I mean, big shout out to uh, Phil, man. One of the best HBCU trumpet players I've ever heard. That kid uh, is incredible. Bye, yeah, bro. Bye. So, and 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 not being ugly is like we we tonight we talked about a lot of things about living in the bubble, and we don't speak about those people because we they're not on the internet. But there's a lot of band directors that's out here that's doing some great things. And, I, and I'll, I'll end with this. For everybody that questions us and our, you know, legitimacy, so to speak, all of the band directors on here have master's degrees and we've earned our keep and we're continuing to perfect our craft. So, like, you may, your opinion may differ, but don't question us, bro. Not like, not like that, fam. Uh, you know, it's certain people that I just admire and respect and everybody on this show that's family. I admire and I respect their opinions. You know, shout out to Krista, too, for her show, for what she's doing. Man, we, we're trying to change music education for the positive. And some 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 of us, bro, we just want to stick to this closed minded BS. So let's do better as a coach. And if not, you can just go play straight out of tune. Rick, you, you, you can get that shirt, ain't you? Man, this shit is hilarious. Scarred, man. Scarred, man. You the man. You a goddamn on genius, boy. That shit is hilarious. 
Listen, and that's why as soon as he said it, what I do, time out. Won't be me in there with that. <laughs> hey, I just make them. That's all, man. I just make them. That that's shit is hilarious, boy. That's mm. it. Speaking of Crystal, she's put something in the um in the comment section last week that did not get enough traction for me. She put uh what was it? I think it was crank that drop spin. Because we was talking about auxiliaries. Oh yeah, out. she did. <laughs> Put that on the well, show. We, we already got the crank that we already got the crank that um copyrighted. We got the crank that win ensemble and we got the crank that drops in. Let's go. Crank that drops in. And no rap daddies in the field. Let's go. And don't be out there using our shit. You we know some of y'all are some thieving ass people. Don't hey, you know where it came from. TM on it. TM, TM, TM. A lot of people about to hit that use daddy a lot. I've been hearing yeah. floating. It's all good though, you know. We 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 starting we changing culture. We start. Hey Chuck, I'm coming down there to see you, dog. Julian, yeah, you Maya, come on, uh, meet me in Atlanta. Oh yeah, that's tight. Um, <laughs> I mean, you paying for it? Shoot, I go. But uh, yeah, so let me go ahead and get ready to close out, and then uh, y'all can talk about that afterwards. But um, first thing I do want to say, man, is uh, appreciate everybody for joining us, man. This has been an amazing and great show. I cannot say thank you enough to all of our viewers, uh, especially and uh, definitely thank you to all the panel. Yeah, please, please, please. On Sunday, on Sunday at five o'clock Central Standard Time, six o'clock Eastern Standard Time, you need to check out Diary of a Lady Band Director. Crystal is doing her thing and she has uh two of the goats in the game right now juliet boykins and miss stephanie sanders she is going they are both going to be on the show with her and the rest of the panel y'all check that out i'll say it again five five p.m central standard time six p.m eastern standard time check it out it's going to be a dope show uh make sure you also go to the store pick up your merch all right remember 15 percent off on all on your full final purchase all you have to use is code luke bd other than that man i have nothing else this has been a great show man love you guys we will see you all next week and i got to go finish my steak <laughs>